Sets. I figured since it was a light week, it was either that or buy toys. And there were new toys, but I decided <laughs> I can wait for those toys to be discount toys. There were new toys? Where were there new toys? <sighs> new Ghostbuster figures. Oh. With the build the front of the firehouse. So, just out of curiosity, I saw these uh, from Toy Fair. Are you going to get the Stranger Things 2 figures that are uh, them dressed as Ghostbusters? I'd have to see how they turned out. I wasn't so impressed with the the full first two uh, Stranger Things figures. Yeah, the uh, uh, Eleven and the sh- mm, excuse me, the Sheriff. I do want to get the monster though. Mm. Whenever that one finally comes out, if we ever see it, I'm sure. We, hey, we got the other two at Toys R Us. Yeah. So since we're all ready to go, welcome to another episode hey. of True Northers. I had a sneaky suspicion you were recording that. Yeah. Well, it's a good way of doing a mic check, and, you know, it it sounds good. It sounds natural, as they would say in the radio world, despite the fact that half the guys in radio don't sound natural. (laughs) What do you mean? Um, This is my natural voice. I'm not going to... I had a teacher who that is what his natural voice became. Oh, no. When I was in radio college. Default radio voice. The weird thing about him, too, is that's also how he types. I've seen, like, because, you know, some of the other students are friends with him on Facebook and stuff like that. And every once in a while he comments on something. Like, he's one of those people who types exactly like how he talks. I've been told that I write emails the way I talk. Well, it's not unusual, but add on to it that he has a very stereotypical kind of radio delivery. Yeah. Then it becomes funny. Yeah. It's one of those when you read it and you hear the voice in your head. Mm. So this week with us is Jen. Hi. Ryan. Obviously. And a returning Kevin. Yay, I'm back. Yay. You only missed one episode, but. But it feels like forever. Well, for you, kind of was, because it ends up being a month, right? Yeah, Mm. and it's been a busy month, so. And what do you have going after this show? I'm stage managing a play that goes up at the end of May, beginning of June, so I won't have to learn any lines or do any any running around. We can always work around it, too. Yeah, it's not that big a deal. Yeah. So this episode, the the bulk of it is going to be our reviews of uh, Black Panther because mm-hmm. we all managed. I think I've to heard of it. that movie. Yeah, well, so you and everybody else, because it made a shit ton of money this weekend. It made bank, that's for it, sure. Um, I heard the best reference I've heard for it was it made Star Wars money. That's how well it did. But we'll get into that a little bit more, and we have a little bit of a guest review for it as well. So, but before we do that, as we do every episode, we've got some news. Ryan. There's news? Eh, There's probably a little bit. Uh, Yeah, there's there's some news, yeah. I've got news. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, where do I start? three pages of news. Do you? No, you do. Oh, no, that's a page of toy stuff. Oh. Because it was Toy Fair on the weekend. Yeah. We'll We'll get to that, that too. 
I'll I'll save that for later. Uh, do 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 Oh, I did see there was a new trailer uh, on Netflix uh, for a Netflix series today that I totally didn't know was happening. Lost in Space. Yeah, I remember hearing about that. There was a rumor about that. Well, it's real now because there's it? footage. Oh. And a release date. Yeah. Who's it? April, uh, I have no idea. You have to look that up. Let's yeah. look that up. Names, there are people. There's people in it. There's a robot that says, you know, warning. Danger, Will Robinson. Robinson. Danger. It's a really kind of creepy sounding robot. You only hear it when it says, you know, Netflix. And it says, like, the date. Is it like the Matt LeBlanc movie? I don't know, because it does look newer, like that one did. I'm sorry, but she won't stop crying if I put her down. You put her down, please. But she's crying. Or at least talk into the mic. I'm trying, but there's a cat in the way. Molly yeah. Parker. Get rid of the cat. <laughs> Molly Parker and uh, Toby Stevens are the parents. John and Molly Mike. Parker being a indie Canadian movie darling, and she was also in Deadwood. Oh, uh, Doctor Smith. You know the sort of. Winner. He's the guy who hide like hides in the yeah he did, the evil who, uh, scientist wrecks the spaceship basically yeah yeah I'm sorry that character will be played by Parker Posey. You know, that kind of fits. Yes, as it does. A, as, like, if you're gender swapping it, that's a good actor to, to do it. Yeah. So, uh, we'll have to give uh, Lost in Space a look. Uh, I'll be honest. I've never really seen the appeal of Lost in Space. I tried. Back when... Um, was it on your list of shows to watch? It was not. It was not. It never won any awards. Mostly because it's not good. <laughs> but back in the day when there was... Uh, Nothing else on. The days when Netflix was a send you a DVD service in the States, there yeah. was a, a Canadian version of it called Zip, mm-hmm. and I was subscribed to that, and I I got several discs worth of Lost in Space sent to me thinking it was something I'd want to watch, and I gave up after, after a season or so because it's just, it's the same. It's always the same. But weirdly, that's one of those properties that, like, every five years, it doesn't necessarily get made, no, but, but it gets picked it. up and yeah. somebody tries to do well, it. Well, it's a decent enough concept. I guess. Family goes off on a spaceship, and they get knocked off course, and they're lost in space. I mean, it's right there in the title, right? Mm-hmm. So, My dad bought the, the Matt LeBlanc movie. Uh-huh. I remember watching that a few times. Yeah, not a good movie. <laughs> uh, but he, bu- he bought it specifically. Like, my dad hates these types of movies. But he bought, uh, this was back when flat screens were new. So we got a really big TV uh-huh. at the time. And he got a new stereo system, surround sound in our basement. And he was so excited that he went, I guess, I'm assuming that he asked the guy, what are some really loud movies that I can get <laughs> it to might try been, this out? There because, was a period where when you bought stuff like that, they would give you movies like, too, five yeah. movies. Oh, well, maybe that's what happened because he yeah. came back with Total Recall. Which your dad also would yeah, not Yeah, which like. my dad would never watch in a million years. And the only other, and Lost in Space. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he made us all come downstairs and sit on the couch while he bla- blared it and just to show us how the sound goes. That's right. See, I remember the best movies for that were always uh, The Matrix uh-huh. and Independence Day. Yeah. Terminator 2. That was always my Back test on one. DVD, yeah. Um, because... Uh, wasn't me. Wasn't me. Who's who's? Oh, is that a, an electronic book right there, or is that a real book? That's a real. That's book. a real oh. book. Yeah. Are you I sure it wasn't? That was not me. I'm I'm on silent. Mine uh-huh. doesn't make those sounds. Yeah, same here. Ooh. And I think mine's downstairs. Anyways, yeah, mine's on silent. Um, I remember at the time when the Matt LeBlanc Mr. movie oh. came out, I was working at a comic shop, mm-hmm. and for whatever reason, 
they thought it was going to be the next big toy hit. So he had all the toys. Are they had toys that, for the, for which one? Oh yeah, for the for Battle of Blanc, Lost, Lost in Space. Lost. Oh jeez. And he had those toys until he sold that shop. I bet. <laughs> I um, it wasn't a great movie, but it was fun. Yeah, no, I had no problem. It was okay. I remember when it came out, for some reason, there was a preview screening of it in Aurelia that they were giving out free tickets to. So I ended up seeing it in a packed theater full of people who got free tickets to see Lost in Space mm. before it was officially released in Aurelia. Interesting. Yeah, I don't know how they probably wanted to test what they considered was the Midwestern market for <laughs> Canada, yeah, sure. right? And so I don't even remember where I was, but someone's like, "Hey, you want to go see this movie? We got free tickets for Lost in Space." I, that's only happened to me once. Okay, and it was when Jen and I went to the movies, and it was for uh, I think it was for Step Up in 3D. Ooh. And we, and we, we both got free went, tickets. No, they were like, "Do you want to see it?" And we were like. Not really. What times it start? And we would have had like I think we were leaving a movie, and we would have had to come back like an hour later. Yeah, there was there was something with the timing of it. Like free movie, we probably would have gone see, but like out of all the movies, step up. I got to see in when I lived in Toronto. I got to see a screening of Coraline that Neil Gaiman was at. Ooh. It was fantastic. Mm. Because a friend of mine had won tickets or got tickets and she couldn't go. So she's like, do you want to go? It's like, hells yeah. Hells yeah. Okay, so next news item. Uh, okay, then we'll stay with streaming. And back to the streaming wars, as you like to refer to it yeah. as. Uh, so there's reports that Disney is going to have another new show using one of their properties on their streaming service. Oh, I think I know where this is. Another reboot of uh, Muppets. Oh, yeah, I heard that today that yeah. they want to do a new reboot. That's not the one I thought you were going to mention. Oh, what'd though. you hear? Um, yesterday, in the the wake of Black Panther doing so well, that Disney announced that they're doing uh, Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur as an animated series. Oh, really? It, I saw through, something about. That. I saw a so picture of that. Remember, like a couple I months ago. Lawrence Fishburne uh, was talking about how dinosaur. he was working on a Marvel project, but not Ant-Man and Wasp. It was something else. It's a big red dinosaur, kind of like Clifford. That's what the something else was. It's his production company is helping to put it together, apparently. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, but the thing is, is it, it kind of comes off as um, we need to announce something that will follow in the wake of Black Panther mm -hmm. and we need to do it now because nobody's been cast in this show they don't know which Disney network they're putting it on like they're other than like we're making this cartoon that's it <laughs> and and who's making it that's all so they felt it. they just needed to have something with um some good PR value I guess to reaffirm the fact that that's that we're serving the, that, an African American audience yep. as well Hmm. But uh, yeah, so Muffet's coming back. I'm not against that. I'm. Uh, I think. It, oh, like what kind of a premise? Are they no idea. Nothing. They, they've tried the. Varsity. It's still well, depending on which articles you read. It's rumor. It's speculation. It's it only makes sense. Why wouldn't they? So they own the property. Yeah, mm -hmm. it, I really liked the the most recent one that they did. That was Piggy's late night TV show. Yeah, and it was just getting good when it got pulled. I know. Yeah. I'm so sad that it got pulled. Hopefully, yeah. maybe maybe they'll bring it back. Maybe that's what it's going to be. I, I don't, don't see them doing that show again. 
Boo. I can, but it, but something akin to that, I could. Yeah, yeah. and it's like I was telling, well, I was saying to Kevin, you know, this afternoon we were talking about this. It's like it would at least makes sense or more sense for them to do something like that on their own streaming service where it's already Disney a fans. Audience. Because, well, it's just like if you're a Disney fan, you, you must be a big Disney fan or a fan of their properties to be paying a monthly subscription fee for this downloadable and service. And you're already your properties include like Marvel and Star Wars, though. Well, so. yeah. But I mean, so, so you'll either ignore the Muppets, yeah. no matter what it is. Right. Or like it's you know like with Netflix, I just sat down and watched all that the first season of Altered Carbon. I had no idea what this thing thing was going to be. Mm-hmm. I started watching it the first couple of episodes. I was like, eh. Once I finally got into it, I was like, oh, it's okay. This is interesting. A lot of nudity mm. to the point where you start to like not even notice it anymore. Yeah, they, they, they've basically that's been the focus of a lot of the interviews about the show. <laughs> Lots of nipples. Yeah. Uh, uh, anyway. I'd like to see the Muppets. I, I love the Muppets, so it's like you know. I'm, I'm in the middle of a Muppet Show rewatch. I'm on season oh, nice. three. Oh, okay. So that's when they start having celebrities on. No, they've always they always had celebrities. Well, celebrities that you know, like season one is like it's a lot of like Google. Oh, that's who that person no, uh, is. There were there were um, there were some big names in season one, but it took. Um, Elton John was one of the first ones that where people were like, "Oh, well, if Elton John is going to yeah. do this show, then uh, then I'll do it." Uh, um, but uh, yeah, the, there's a there were quite a few. I just watched a Peter Sellers episode, mm. and uh, Peter Ustinov was in the first season. He's a pretty big name. Um, but there were a couple of I don't know who this British comedian is. Yeah, or the, there's the the mime couple. That Shields we saw on that episode of Wonder Woman yeah. we watched. Yeah, the Mummenschanz, mm. uh, which was a Swiss um, mime troupe. There, um, <laughs> yeah, but uh, it still holds up. It's a show yeah. that still holds up. The DVDs don't have quite all the clips though. There were some no, things they couldn't clear music rights. Uh, for. Yeah, well, that's you're gonna find anything that old with that really. Yeah. Next, more streaming. We're on a streaming kick here. I'm keeping Everything things in order. Streaming. It's the wave of the future. Today. <laughs> so Stargate Origins started streaming. The first three episodes oh, are out there. Yeah, They're okay. out in the wild. Um, I haven't watched them yet. I do have them. I haven't watched them yet. Uh, but to celebrate this new streaming service and this new Stargate show, uh, they posted the original Stargate movie. Mm-hmm. On YouTube for free to watch. Yeah. The full movie. So you can log on to YouTube right now and watch that original Stargate movie if you wanted to. That still fairly what holds up. Some of the CGI is a little dated, but not as dated as you would think it would be. Yeah. A lot of practical effects. Yeah. I like that movie a lot. And yeah. I liked I liked SG1. I didn't watch the whole run of SG1, but what I saw of it I liked. Yeah, I never it just got... came out at peak Yeah. Peak SF time, right? Because there were all the Star Treks and the and the Babylon Fives and the Zenas and all those things were all on at the same time. The only episode, yeah, but I... it, it lasted all of those. I know yeah. it ran ten years. Was it only ten? Ten years in two movies. Okay, and then Atlantis ran five, five, and then Universe, and Universe was one. Ran two. Now, no one, two, one, two, one, two, five, one season. And there are two. Are you sure? Yeah. I'm pretty Somebody sure it's only one full season. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's only one season. 
It's just uh, broken up into. It was, I think it was two, two not very long seasons. Okay, so what does the loser have to do? I will eat say, this jelly. Say the other one was oh, right. Yeah, I'm gonna do that anyway. <laughs> Stargate. Anyway, um, and then the, the Stargate ran at the same time as SG One, though. Mm-hmm. So it. Yeah, so Atlantis ran at the same time as SG One. Yeah, I never really—I don't think I've ever seen an episode of Atlantis. Oh, it's pretty good. The first season's pretty much feels the exact same as SG One, mm. which kind of got gets a little tiring. But then second season, it kind of found its own feet, like its right. own footing. And then by the fifth season, it was like it, I was enjoying it more than SG One. Now the premise of this new series is it's set in the 1930s or something, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, which makes the and I've talked about this before on this very podcast. It does not make any sense <laughs> into Stargate continuity. <laughs> so, drum roll, please. Kevin is technically right. It Yay! lasted two seasons. It was two seasons. I thought it was only one. Uh, I thought that was the big complaint that it didn't get a second season. Maybe it was how it was divided up. It did. It w- ran from uh, 2009 to 2011, and over 40 episodes and 34 web episodes. 40 episodes? 40 episodes. So oh, it wow. probably had two full seasons or one partial and one short. That's okay. I'm, I didn't uh, think it had that, that, that it got that many episodes. Huh? Robert yep. Carlyle, right? And yeah. Well, the, what, the webisodes, a lot of that was, I think, uh, like kind of, uh, I never watched any of them. So I'm assuming it's the video. They had these like drones oh, okay. flying around the ship that they found and were modified and turned into like, you know, like, you know, Doing like little webcams, talking, you know, recording their history and their, their story. So yeah. I'm probably was like, oh. I never got into it. I, I never got really into the show either. I don't know why. Maybe it's just I had too much other shows that I was watching at the yeah. time, like what Kevin was saying. I did like the Groundhog Day episode. The very, I did see that one, and that one was just fun. Did you ever see the very first episode of SG1? Nope. Well, originally it wasn't a syndicated show, it was on Showtime. Okay. Yeah. So it had a lot of nipples in it. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. They're like, this is an adult science fiction show. So there's a whole scene where they go to the same planet they go to in the Stargate movie. Yeah. And all women are topless. Because we're on Showtime. Because we're on Showtime. showtime. We, I don't we remember that. I'll have, to sex, I'll have to see if that's on the DVD. Because <laughs> I, I have like the first five I, or six seasons. I'd be really curious if it was. If like the if the syndication version. I, I, like what version's on the DVD? Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Like, was oh, the wait, whole first season on Showtime? I yeah. Look into this. Yeah, I think it ran on Showtime no. for a I just got to go www.anywhere on the internet if I want to see booms. Mr. Skin. Interesting that they've made an entire Stargate streaming service. Like, I guess MGM doesn't have any other properties that they can... Well, they've sold them all off I over the years so. to cover bankruptcies, right? And then it's like... It, well, the, the best way to describe how their financial situation was at one point is they had the rights to James Bond mm-hmm. and The Hobbit, could not afford to make either into a movie. Mm-hmm. And like this was after Lord of the Rings, and and uh, it's one of those things that like those were like that's licensed to print yeah. money essentially, and they could not afford to print the money. They yeah. couldn't afford the paper to print the money to get them out. Right. So, before uh, we move on from streaming services, I've got there's a bit of. Uh, other streaming service news. A new streaming service went online in Canada on Friday. Oh, did it? Uh, BritBox. Oh, yeah, I did read about that. And, uh, Ooh, what's in that? Every classic episode of Doctor Who. Ooh. Every episode of Red Dwarf and mm-hmm. Blackadder. Ooh. Uh, if you like your... And apparently so- some new cop show with 
Rowan Atkinson in yes. it or a detective show yes, or something. It's a drama. Yeah, it's not a comedy. It's a drama. Yeah. Um, I use this app called Just Watch. And when you when you open it up, it just the first pages, it just, here's what's new on all the streaming services you get. And the first thing I get is like, all this Doctor Who. And I'm like, what is it on? And it's like BritBox. So it, it lets you, it, this app is great. It lets you search for any TV show or movie and tells you what streaming service it's on or mm-hmm. where you can buy or rent it. And so they just added BritBox on Friday. And so, how much is it Canadian? Uh, it's uh, $8.99 a month. So comparable to Netflix. Yeah. Does it have Coronation Street on it? It's got Emmerdale. I know that. I don't know what that is. Uh, It is another uh, British soap opera that's been running for over 40 years. Yeah, but my mom and grandmother don't watch that. They watch Coronation Street. Boy, do they ever. They watch Coronation Street. I I don't don't get Coronation Street. I really don't. My parents hate, or my mom hates my impression of Coronation Street. (laughs) Shall we go down to the pub? Yes, let's go down to the pub. Ooh, the pub's on fire. It doesn't appear to have coronation. <laughs> I bet that grody man down the street lit it on fire. <laughs> it does not appear to have that. Uh, like I say, Emmerdale's on there. It's and in case anybody was wondering, my English accent for for English women always defaults to Monty Python accent. <laughs> Doctor Who, uh, are you being served? Uh, something called Cold Feet. More uh, Doctor Who. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Twenty-seven seasons of Doctor Who. Oh, jeez. Poirot, Casualty, yeah. Red Dwarf. So it's kind of like how PBS and A and E was in the nineties. It's a it's a co-production of BBC and ITV. Uh, the two main yeah the two main television entities in, in the Britain. UK and. Uh, yeah, Inspector Morris. If you like British mysteries, there's tons of that kind of stuff. If you like British comedy, like Father Brown or, or uh, uh, oh, Jonathan Creek. That's a great show with it's a magician who solves crimes. Yeah, Ooh, with uh, magic. Uh, he's a stage magician, keeping up appearances, that kind of stuff. So not real magic. So, yeah. So oh. there's lots of lots of slim flamery suspect, mm. Pride and Prejudice, <laughs> the League of Gentlemen. Vicar of Dibley. Is Alexi Sales stuff on it? I don't think Is so. Travel Man on it? I don't think so. That's Channel 4. So. Mm. Alexi Sales stuff was a British uh, sketch I've, comedy show. You've I've probably seen it. Yeah. It was on TV Ontario when we were younger. Yeah. I uh, only watched Today's Special on the, TV Ontario uh, and Polka Dot Door. See, the, the, only thing you would, the only it thing was. you would Why know Alexi Sales from was, you know, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade? Mm. He is the the king of Hell. Turkey or <clears throat> wherever that that the Nazis borrow a car from. Oh, okay. yeah, he, he's the guy that they borrowed the car from. That's the only thing, mainstream thing I know he's ever oh, done. Geez. Okay, outside of England, he's the host of one of those panel shows in Britain. Oh, um, is he? Yeah, oh. <clears throat> the one about the news. Oh. That's what I need is the British panel show network. Uh, yeah, British panel shows. <laughs> He's also got. He also had a great show about math because he's a math. Like, his major for, in university was math. That sounds so like an he he's got this great, funny show about yeah. math. I always remember him from the one. Or as skit. they say in Britain, maths. The maths. The one skit that I remember the most was he did this one where uh, he's just talking about modern music and he's like, "I bought this new band tape by this new band called Head Cleaner," and he puts in the Head Cleaner <laughs> and it's like just static. He starts stomping around. Nice. 
Uh, yeah, so well, like British, British stuff, British yeah. box. And staying with British news. Ooh. Mm. Segway. We got uh, a new Doctor Who logo and a new image revealed this week. Now, I'm a graphic designer, so I like new logos, and Kevin's a Doctor Who fan, so he likes new Doctor Who. So that's why we were talking about that today at work, too. Mm-hmm. I just wish we'd, we would get new Doctor Who like shows. Uh, yeah, like they guys have time to film it. They yeah. have to have time to write it. Yeah, because uh, Kevin was saying that we no idea when we it's coming out. We don't even have out. a date yet. No, I don't think there's been anything. But we have a logo. And a picture. Did you see the picture? It was like her in silhouette with the, like the you know, a hill in the background with the sunset and the TARDIS. And the TARDIS and yep. Looked nice. It's like, yep, well, yeah, we know what the back of her, we know what the back of her looks like. <laughs> the side. It was a side silhouette. We know silhouette. what the side of her looks like in silhouette. And, and we know what the outside of the TARDIS looks like. Yes. By this point, we should. Now I would like some episodes, please. <laughs> They'll probably come out ex- exactly the same time as the next season of Star Trek Discovery, which they also haven't said when it's coming. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we got I got two pieces of little pieces of Marvel news mm-hmm. before okay. we get into some stuff from Toy Fair this weekend. But uh, so there's a, a new Cards Against Humanity game coming out. Okay. Called Deadpool versus the World. <laughs> Okay. Like, is, is this a game made by the guys who made Cards Against Humanity, or is this? It's a, just another one. I think an it's another. It's made by USopoly. Okay, US. So whoever that company is, uh, but it's in the same style. Oh, of, you have okay, cards. Gotcha. It's not cards, but so the way it looks from what I can see is there's an image yeah. card. It's like a panel, and then you're giving. Uh, I made my notes here. Where does it say? Oh, a caption card. And on the caption card, it has it starts like the little to explain what's going on, and then mm. there's a blank space, and you have to channel your inner Deadpool and write your. The, you, know, you get a dry erase marker, oh, okay, and you've got to fill in the blank to yeah. make. And then it's the wittiest or funniest or whatever the crudest mm. that wins, right? So I'm sure it'll fly off the shelves because it's Deadpool and people want to buy Deadpool stuff and and those card games. I think it had a thirty nine, twenty nine dollar price tag, so it's not that bad. Yeah, not that bad. Uh, and then uh, for all of us comic book fans, get ready to buy a whole bunch of new number ones. Yeah, because it's announced. that time of year when Marvel does the old refresh. Button and guess what they're calling it instead of being Marvel Now or Marvel Now put now again or 2.0. Now it's Marvel Fresh Start. Oh, I did see a video on YouTube interviewing the new editor in chief. Yes, that is <clears throat> part of the reason, uh, at least from what I've heard or read, and speculation wise, is why they're doing this another restart or refresh. And so, CB Sobolewski knows what actually what's going on in any of the books. <laughs> Kinda, to, because now he's in charge. He's trying to put, you know, put his stamp or take control of things. Make sure he'll level things out. Yeah, DC's been beating them lately at the sales numbers. I think it sounds yeah, like the, people are more happier Batman with DC. Metal book. crossover is just like, or storyline is just doing gangbusters for I DC. And I don't, I don't get it. It, it reminds me a lot, like, of the Dark Dudge- Judges from Drudge Dread. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And even, like, the storyline is like, yeah, some of these sound like it got cribbed from that. But, hmm. hey, it's selling. Can't can't really go against them. 
even Joe Casada's walking, you know, taking a break from TV and film stuff to come back and help with. Well, uh, he said that when CB got hired, yeah, when he got the editor in chief position, he said he was going to be doing that. Yeah. So, so yeah, it'll be interesting. There's a, um, I guess they just released today the cover of the free comic book day book. Is that the Avengers book? Yeah. Yeah, and it's got uh, a picture. It's got uh, Cap. Standing there with his shield, and he's got his head down for some reason. Iron Man beside him, and Thor with his new golden arm and, and golden, golden hammer. hammer. So that'll be interesting to see. Wait, yeah. he has a new arm? Well, he he's will been when missing it's fresh. Arm for a while. Well, no, he's had his arm. It's yeah. just been metal. But also in the lineup is Black Panther, Doctor Strange, um, Ghost Rider. Isn't Ghost Rider? Yes, in yeah, in the big, in the, the other image where you see them all like kind of exploding out towards you. Yeah. yeah, you you got Ghost Rider. You got the thing. The new Ghost Rider, I should say. The the guy who drives the car. Oh, was it? Okay, yeah, I think so. You got the thing. You've got Gambit, Jessica Jones, Jessica Jones. You still have Miles and Spider Man. Yeah, and uh, Jason Aaron's writing it. I didn't catch who's doing the art, but Jason Aaron's. Oh, is he it. on the Avengers makes sense because he got moved off of Star Wars and he so, uh, Jason left. Aaron is writing which. The Avengers book that's Avengers. coming out of all of this. Okay. Yeah. Who's going to be writing Miles Morales now that Bendis is coming? That's an interesting question. Will there be, you know, they haven't said if there's going to be a Spider-Man Miles Morales book after he's done. Because nobody has written him except Bendis. Mm. I'm well, sure except for gonna, well, in the crossovers or event books Champions. that he showed up in. And yeah, but nobody's and, written his solo book. No. Because Champions is Peter David? Mark Wade, isn't it? Mark Wade, yes. I, I knew it was one of those. One it's of the somebody two. that I don't know. <laughs> All righty. Is that it for the news? Well, that's it for news, but not really, because now <laughs> I'm going to roll into Toy Fair stuff. Okay. And the one news item that really came out of Toy Fair, the big thing you know, that I noticed, because it came out before it started, was Hasbro's announced that they're ending Brent's favorite movie franchise. They're stopping oh. the Transformer Bay movies. I heard that, yeah. After Bumblebee, that's it. Oh, no. They'll be uh, rebooting it and oh. restarting it, but with no, no oh, I date. Cannot wait. So there's not going to be a follow up to, uh, to Transformers last night, first night, whatever the how hell it was will called. How ever live without knowing how that wraps up? I don't know. Only- Here's how it wraps up it's two junkyards. Fighting with one another, with lots of explosions <laughs> in the background. <coughs> proud to say, I've never seen a Transformers. Oh, don't be movie. proud about that. I think I saw the first two, but I only, I also only thought there was like three of them. And I've been on there's like twelve there's million. Five, right? Yeah, I've been on the ride. Does that count? Yeah, a little. Kinda. <laughs> we I, went I, on the ride too, yeah, didn't the we? Ride with the ride. I actually, I, I when we went on it i'm like that's the best thing to come out of those michael bay movies because the ride was pretty good i like the fact that your ride and, vehicle is also a transformer yeah and there's also <laughs> the uh did you see the the costume performers oh yeah yeah, yeah. those guys look pretty cool yeah they, they have like a full size yeah, yeah. universal studios florida by yeah. the way I, I think the best thing to come out of those movies besides the ride was that youtube video of the kid bringing the the uh, uh the guy dressed up like optimus prime the head of megatron which was awesome I haven't seen that. <laughs> oh, see, I haven't seen that one. The one I've you seen was on YouTube, there was adorable. a kid that went and wanted to join Megatron. 
So he told him to go and bring him the head of Optimus Prime. Oh, maybe I had it the other way. Maybe. Yeah. My favorite theme park video like that is at the Jedi Academy show. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Where the little girl betrothed herself to the Sith. Yeah, wants to join Darth Vader. And then the, the, That's the, got to have happened before. Oh, but that guy seemed a little thrown off. Like, oh, so you're, you're saying yes to Lord Vader. <laughs> All right. He's like, Here, come this way. The Sith school's that way. It's then all you know walks her off the stage. That's funny. Aww. But uh, so yeah, so out of this, it sounds sounds like you know they're gonna Hasbro has gotten more control over their movies yeah, in the new deal with Paramount. Want their own shared sure. universe, yes. and somebody finally spoke up and realized that Transformers is the linchpin. Exactly. Which I agree with, but like, guys, it's nobody cares for about a uh, Rom the space. I re- can't no, remember. but there's no talk about Rom at this. Oh well, yeah, the talk cares is about a Visionaries movie. Well, um, the guys cares about who a were, Micronauts movie. Two of the guys who were part of the big think tank that they had put together uh, basically came out and said that they're the mask idea that they pitched will never see the light of day. It's so. The thing is, everybody wants their own shared universe, movie universe, but the reason that the Marvel universe works so well is because it was a unique idea. Everybody else doing the same thing lessens it and makes it, it worse. It also works so well because they took their time. Yeah, that that's too. the key. Yeah. They took their time. I mean, it's been, what, 10 years? It's been 10 years. It has been. Yeah, and that's why Since this Iron big Man. movie, yeah. uh, the Infinity Wars, that's going to come up with all of these superheroes is not going to feel rushed or cramped. No. It's because we know all the backstory of all yeah. of these characters already. You don't have to spend any time explaining because any of that. technically, you just could just call that movie Marvel 19. Pretty much. <laughs> right? Black Panther was Marvel 18, and Avengers will be Marvel 19. Yeah, but none of the other studios, they since they didn't have the unique idea right off the bat, they're all trying to catch up, and they're yeah. rushing, and they're not yeah. working, then they don't know why. <laughs> That's why. Yep. Uh, agreed. <laughs> yeah. Anything else um, from Toy Story? Well, well uh, there's all kinds of new toys, but that's uh, we'll talk about toys whenever... <laughs> the, the one thing I'll say about Toy Fair is... Uh, My wallet is going to hurt? Yeah, Ryan and I pretty much got all our requests, I think, in there. Crap. A few of them, that's for sure. <laughs> we, we're getting a spider ham. Yep. We, we actually saw it, so it exists. Yep. Um, Dr. Afra's getting her own figure. Oh, no. Cool. Is that what uh, the only one I saw was a three and three quarter inch figure? No. I didn't see a, a six inch one in any of the photos I saw. Uh, it's got to be. Uh, I saw it announced as Black Series, but, okay. it, and but it then had the full articulation. Yes, so. but that's what they're also calling the. The three and three quarter inch ones with full articulation. They were calling them yeah, black Yeah, but they series. don't have those anymore. That got discontinued, didn't it? I haven't seen them kicking. They were a Walmart exclusive, and I haven't seen them yeah, kicking around. I don't know. Okay, we will dive into uh, that the, the, a little bit yeah. more. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, we're getting all kinds of... Well, that whole line of Marvel 10th anniversary for the movie figures looks really good. Like, we're mm. going to get uh, a Pepper Potts figure oh, nice. with a Mandarin. Like a movie yeah, Mandarin, with the, movie the Ben Mandarin. Kingsley Mandarin, and then there's a Ronan, a Ronan the Accuser figure that's never been made, mm-hmm. and you're really rounding out the shelf basically with with a lot of those. Yeah. Um, oh, is there a Happy Hogan figure? No, no but there's, there's that's a, a good one. They should have. Yeah, they should put them in the three pack with like that should have been in the three pack instead of that. Is there a weird Iron Man suit that's going to be in yeah. that three pack? Is there an Agent Coulson? There already oh, is. there already has been. Pretty good figure. Trying to think of obscure characters from the MCU that might not have figures yet. Um, there's a Jane Foster. 
No. No, I think I, I think that's their. Oh, we are getting finally getting a Red Skull, a movie Red Skull. Well, we've already, we've already had movie. We? Well, we, Red Skulls were Red Skull. It yeah. always looks the same. But we're getting this Red Skull comes with movie Hydra agents yeah. heads. So it's like one body, but it comes with like four heads. What about Odin? Odin and Freya. Um, no, but we're getting um, a Sif. A Sif finally is getting a six in a two pack with three. No, no. That'd be, just, cool, that be, that'd be cool. That'd be great. That'd be better pack. than putting her, uh, Jeez, you know, her and Thor. Kevin again. doesn't even collect toys, and he's pitching good ideas that we didn't think of. <laughs> well, no, I, I wouldn't say we didn't think of these, but we're I just didn't saying think the, of the Warrior Three. Pack. Really? No. Oh, well, I assume all the Guardians of the Galaxy have their own figures. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Even Mantis. Uh, she was build a figure yeah. in the last oh. round. But that's, that's why you're getting Ronin. So the way they've made it is there's one pack from each movie. Okay. And then when you put them all side by side, they've got like a big buddy? picture. You get Ant-Man and Yellow Jacket in a two-pack because there hasn't been a, a Yellow, Yellow Jacket. jacket. I, I like his buddy, the ex-con. Who <laughs> oh, yeah. So my cousin Eddie. <laughs> <laughs> Did they show... Who was from Spider-Man? Uh, MJ? No. Actually, the, that's the one that's left out, but that's... It's only kind MCU. of a Marvel movie, right? True. Yeah. yeah. Um, May. Yeah. So, do we get to the real reason why we are all sitting here today? I don't know. What's that? Jelly beans? Black Panther! Oh, yeah. I saw Black Panther. And we all saw Black Panther. I saw it. At we, different times. We didn't see it together. Nope. Well, I think they did. Well, yes. Yeah. They're married, so they're, just, they're expected to. Yeah. Well, not always. Somebody would be in a lot of trouble if they saw it without the other one. Yeah. Well, no, it just means that I, he would have to see it twice. <laughs> oh, I, no. I, I thought Star it Wars, the other way. No, no Star not. Wars is the divorce one. Star I'm not Wars, allowed to yeah. see Star because I know people who, uh, who get press passes to see the press screenings of uh-huh. Star Wars. I've been explicitly told that I might be divorced if I go and see it without her. <laughs> yeah, seeing Star Wars without me is a divorceable offense. And I'm not even joking. But that's m- mainly the like the main trilogies. Like I could probably, uh, get, I could probably get away with the uh, uh, what you want to call it the uh, the solo movie. I could probably, but I don't right. have to see it again. But uh, yeah. So what so, trailers did you see? With, what trailers? Did you see anything new with, with yours? Mm, I got solo. Tomb Raider. We, oh, I didn't get Tomb oh, Raider. No, we didn't get that. We got Solo. Yep. I got Solo. I got Ant-Man. Oh, yeah, we Ant-Man. got Ant-Man. I'm so looking forward to that. And I think there was another one. but I... Jurassic World. Oh, yeah. yeah Jurassic, Jurassic World. World. I have gone on a kick of not searching out trailers when they come online. So this was the first time I'd seen the Solo trailer. And it looks like a Star Wars movie. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Donald Glover just looks perfect. He does. Yeah. Donald Glover's going to have, I bet he's had a ball making. Uh, well, he, I think he said, there was a quote I saw today say, from him saying that this movie was fun. Didn't he get Lando lessons from, from Billy uh, D? Maybe. Yeah. I thought you told me that, Brent. Uh, yeah, he, he did the, like have lunch with them and stuff and like talk about the character and. And things like that. So. Yeah, I'm not convinced that the guy who's playing Solo is um, perfect for the role. I think that's one of those things that we'll know once we see it. Yeah. Because, like, I 
I, I've said this before, and I guess I'm saying it again. Um, when I saw him in the special features for Hail Caesar, I got it. Yeah, is like it, all the behind the scenes stuff is like, oh, he, he's like Harrison Ford. Like, yeah. sounds kind of like him. Has similar vocal mannerisms, and I don't see any of that in the trailer. So, but you don't really see a lot of him. No. doing like any real consistent like walking and talking yeah, in the trailer. Yeah. It's voiceover, piloting. Declipping his blaster. So we'll see. But uh, Black Panther. Black Panther. Is making crap tons of movie. Right it, now yeah. it is. Money, you mean? Not movie, money. Well, yeah. Well, it's it's not making a crap I ton be of movie. that we get a bunch of spinoffs off of this, too. <laughs> Should uh, we do our spoiler warning? Oh, yes. If you have not seen Black Panther, you've had a good uh, week, two weeks to see it at this point. Um, stop listening now. <laughs> Because we are going to spoil the crap out of this movie. So, yeah. So, in the first five days, uh, Black Panther made $263 million, which is $2 million more than Last Jedi, and $50 million more than Avengers. So, uh, Age of Ultron. So, it's doing pretty well. Yep. Within four days, it has already beaten Justice League. Yep. That's saying something. Well, not Justice League's overall. Uh, Worldwide, Black Panther has made four hundred and sixty-two million dollars. Yeah, it's only been open. Yeah, but Justice, Justice League's been made like what six hundred? Uh, Over six hundred million. Uh, somewhere I read it was saying it was maybe it beat maybe. its weekend opening. Oh, definitely did that. Yes. Yeah, but it's and. Here's the it key point. Uh, it might have even beaten its domestic opening, too. Black Panther has not opened in China yet. Yeah. So <laughs> it's going to kick it over the edge. Well, it could. It's no, going to. They like their Marvel movies. It's they. It's it's not one of those things where it's an unknown. It, like, Star Wars it wasn't really a thing in No, China, no, I understand so, that. But, I'm just, that's, yeah. Just, and they filmed part of it in South Korea, so it's it's already got that going. Justice for it. League's total domestic gross was two hundred and twenty-eight million dollars. Black Panther has already made two hundred and sixty-three. That's all. That of- would be it. Oh, okay. That would. That's just North America. Hmm. So yeah, um, I think it's a, to start it off. I think it's safe to say that we all liked it. Oh yeah. Uh, but I have a feeling there's varying degrees of like. So let's start with Kevin. I really liked it. Um, it felt like it felt like the MCU's James Bond movie in a way. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got his Q, who makes gadgets for him. He goes on an undercover mission to a foreign city with beautiful women and a casino, <laughs> uh, and he's a smooth operator. Although he doesn't really have a love, his love interest isn't all that interested right now, which I find kind of interesting considering he's a king. But anyway, um, it just, I I love the look of it. It didn't look like any other Marvel movie. I assumed that they had filmed a lot of it in Africa and was surprised when I read in the credits that Georgia filmed in Atlanta. Yeah. I, Uh, I, it was funny. I love those film credits. I was mentioning the gen. I wonder what those film credits in Georgia, because (laughs) all the Marvel movies are filmed there. Walking dead's filmed there. Archer's made there. The new queer eye for the straight guy is is filmed in Georgia. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I loved it. I loved it. And I, I'm looking forward to seeing it again. I loved how much it added to the Marvel Universe. I mean, it added diversity, of course, but it also added a lot of strong female characters. 
It added um, a new place for them to get gadgets if Tony Stark retires. <laughs> yep. Uh, I, I just, I think, and, and as a character that I really didn't know all that much about, it made me really interested mm. in Black Panther. Ryan. Uh, I agree. I enjoyed the movie. You know, I like Marvel movies, and this one is, you know, I enjoyed this movie. Um, I have to see it more than once to say, you know, to really give it a true ranking in them. I have uh, to, like, you know, okay. I'm not going to give it a like, come right out of the bat and say, oh, yeah, it's top five or it's this. Or no, I got to see it more than once to be able to sit down. And, and then now that there's, what, 10 years worth of movies and how many movies are there in that 10 this years? Was number 18. Yeah. So that list becomes very hard to pick and choose oh, from. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great seeing another part of the world and having another adventure that really, you know, didn't, as much as it involved other people and we touched on other events, it didn't involve the other events. It it placed itself nicely in the timeline. It's not that long after Civil War. Yeah, it's very closely to it. And, uh, yeah, they just, you know, you get some political intrigue with the happenings in Wakanda. We get to see how some of their traditions and how things are built there and how they've just lived. And, uh, yeah, like, like Kevin, I really knew not a lot about Black Panther. My Black Panther exposure has been, you know, when he shows up in, in the crossovers or guest stars in any books I might have read. Or he's an X-Man. Or Mary's an X Men. Oh, I completely forgot about that. <laughs> or when you know he shows up uh, on like black cartoons. I know. Let's marry them off. <laughs> Be fair. They're both African. Yeah, they are. I'm assuming that X Men was Storm. Yeah, yes. he married yeah. Storm for a while. Wolverine. They joined it was the a fan- very special episode. <laughs> <laughs> they, they joined the Fantastic Four for a while. Really? Re- Reed and Sue were off, and the Fantastic Four was Black Panther, Storm. What did they just need a married <laughs> couple? <laughs> Apparently, it was, and it was like. After Secret Invasion, I think so. I think so. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know. So I liked it. I went to the movies. I actually went. It was different because I went. I just bought a ticket and went and watched it by myself. Which it's fun oh, watching you didn't go with your brother sometimes. No, because I was. I went on Sunday, so I was. You know, uh, so he, but it's funny because I went on he didn't Sunday. Didn't want to drive to Aurelia to see it with me. No, I didn't want to drive to Aurelia at night and see it with Kevin. Aurelia, yeah, that's pretty so much what I told him. Take my story. Another country. I don't drive to Aurelia. <laughs> No offense to Aurelia, but I don't drive to Aurelia. We'll drive through Aurelia. <laughs> I'll drive with other people to Aurelia, but yeah, nothing. I, I have nothing against Aurelia. Except um, it's movie theater. Actually, no, I don't mind the movie theater. It's just like any other Cineplex. I've been to. Yeah. I've actually been. I watched uh, Kick Ass and the first. Um, what are those horrible vampire movies? Twilight? Um, yeah. Oh. The first Twilight. Ugh. Both with the same woman. I was going to say, uh-huh. I, hope a girl, I hope a girl made you go to that. <laughs> I went and saw Twilight. She went and saw Kick-Ass. She liked Kick-Ass more. Oh, it was the compromise. Yeah. Uh, there was a, we went and saw one one time, then another, we saw another one the Because the way time you're and... phrasing it, that almost sounds like a bet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, no, no. It was, uh, you know, I, I went and saw that. So then she went and saw Kick-Ass. And, but yeah, so. And uh, no, so I, I enjoyed the movie. Yeah, it was um, it was good. It was a good Marvel movie. Jen. Jen. <laughs> I liked it, but not as much as you guys, apparently. Um, hmm. It was okay. It wasn't my favorite. I don't even think it cracks the top five. Oh. Well, no, I, I, like I said, I don't think it will. Possibly but... not even the top ten. Oh. Um, 
But I, I, I mean, I didn't dislike it. No, I now Kevin's not going to talk to me. Anymore. No, He's it's like, true. Oh well, that's fine. It's fine. fine. No, it's fine. Whatever. That's fine. I'd like fine. to know why. Um, what, what didn't you? What did you like about I it? I have a list. Okay. Oh, <laughs> let's go to the list. <laughs> she made notes like I had right to make notes the right after because I knew you guys were going to be like, "What?" Um, no, no. So I'm like, "Here are my reasons." I'm. My only experience with Black Panther was which movie Civil was it? War. Civil War, where he showed up. And I wasn't really all that fond of him there either. Um, honestly, the only reason I was going to see this Black Panther movie was because it's another Marvel movie. And I'm like, yeah, okay, well, I might as well see them all. Right. But to be fair, I thought the same way about Ant-Man when Ant-Man came out. Yeah. And that ended up being, that's definitely one of my top five. I love right. that one. Right. Um, but for some I don't know, I guess Black Panther doesn't really resonate with me as a character. Okay. I found him kind of wishy-washy and kind of whiny. And... Uh, I don't know. I, I read one thing that called it the Lion King of superhero movies. <laughs> <laughs> it's not too far off. No, really. it's not too far off of that. But I mean, I really like Martin Freeman, and yeah. I love that he's like the new Coulson. He's yeah. like the new CIA agent who's like sucked in with these superheroes and is like, well, I guess we'll just go with it. Um, he was great. I love my favorite character in that whole movie was Princess. Was Shuri? Princess Shuri. Yeah, she was great. She was yeah, she stole every scene she was in. Yeah. Yeah. Loved her. Um, and I, we were talking about this today, yesterday, I don't know. And uh, Brent was saying that uh, I can't wait for the scene when uh, Shuri meets Tony Stark. And I'm like, oh, that'll be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> they write that well. I That's hope gonna so. That's going to be great. Um, I really liked... I can totally see to- her putting Tony in his place and yeah. then him offering yes. and then him offering her a job. <laughs> I, She's a princess though. She doesn't no, need a job. Well no, but that's I was, that's yeah. the Tony thing to do, right? Yeah. Uh I really liked the the monkey tribe, the Hanuman tribe. Mm. But you mean with their leader who wasn't called Manape? Manape? Yeah, they yeah. they really redeemed that character from the comics because he's an well, yeah, no, he's he's very similar to how he was portrayed in Christopher Priest's run on yeah. the book. But like they don't give him the goofy costume or, or call him Manape. See, and I have no idea ape. about any of that stuff. In the seventies, he was called Manape, and he wore a white gorilla skin. Oh, because they worship the gorilla, the gorilla god. Tribe. Yeah. The thing that bugged me about that though is that Hanuman is not an African deity; he's an Indian deity. Yeah, but uh, I explain why that. I is. and I understand, but it rubs oh, me the wrong way. Mythology. Well, no, it's mythology. Oh, you and like your book, Stan Lee, turning the jacket like we need some gods for this uh, comic book guy. Uh, what What do you got there? And they pull out a book, and it's. But they got the wrong it's, continent. It's too. It's really. It's too. They can share Jewish guys from New York yeah. just picking out gods that sounded good for children. Yeah, which I get, but it's still like as soon as they said the Hanuman tribe, I'm like, that's not African at all. That's you Indian. are the I, only I'm, person I know of who's picked up on that. I'm like, I'm fairly certain that's Indian, and then I googled it when we got it, and I'm like, yep, yep, that's a Hindu god. <laughs> that has nothing to do with Africa. Maybe they <laughs> shared them. How do you know? Buddhism crossed borders. Yeah, but Jesus did. Jesus. <laughs> what would Jesus do, Jen? Yeah, that's like Jesus saying, would share. Worship the gods, Bost and Jesus, the monkey god. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. So anyway, I don't know if you want me to go into my list of reasons why I didn't like yeah, it, or God, you want to do your impressions first. Oh well, we we can do that. I suppose uh, you've got impressions. 
Um, I won't get too into it because uh, you get. Oh, I more... thought you were actually doing some impersonation. Oh, no, some you impressions. Don't want to see him do those kinds of no, impressions. I don't have any. I do. I can do. I can do Kermit a little bit, and I can do Skeletor a little bit, and that's about it. And and British woman. You already heard his British woman <laughs> air quotes impression. So um, <laughs> for me, I was kind of surprised at how much I loved this movie. Um, now, do you love it more than Baby Driver? That I don't know, but that being said, uh, for me, right now as it stands, it's cracking my top five Marvel movies. Oh, um, it may even go into the top three. What? Um, I, I, I would rank it higher for me than Thor, uh, Thor Ragnarok for sure. I think honestly, mm. Black Panther is one of the best written Marvel movies they've had. Period. Uh-huh. Um, it's it's not touching Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier is still, I think, the best one that they've done. But just from a script standpoint, like w- getting rid of all the actors and everything else, I think the story in the script was really well done, was really well written. I believed all the characters. There was nobody I really like thought was out of place or anything. Oh, yeah. No, same here. Yeah. It was a great story. Um the the other thing that comes with this is Ryan Coogler, the guy who uh, co-wrote the movie and directed it. This is his third movie. Yeah, his second movie or his his first movie after his first blockbuster, which was Creed. What the hell is this kind of guy going to pull out of? <laughs> they Marvel better sign him for Black Panther. Oh, there be they will be so stupid if they don't. But at the same time, it's like. If I were him, this is the point where you, you know, you exercise a little bit of power of like, okay, I'm going to do it, but I want to do my own thing first. And Disney goes, okay, we will give you the money to do that movie. So um, beyond that, I thought the acting was pretty pretty solid. Um, Cheery is also one of I, I thought was really well done. She's different than she is in the comics, but that's okay. We need characters like that. Yeah. Um, I thought the color palette they chose for it, like everything I like about this movie makes it different than the other Marvel movies out there. And I think that's what really stands out for me now well, with 10 years and it, of movies. And it, and it needed to be yeah. just because of setting characters and what's going on. It yeah. can't, you know. It's, we also didn't want it to look like everything else either. Not that, it, not that the other movies all look the same. No. But uh, there's a lot riding on this movie, right? You're, you're, and it, it it almost feels like the beginning of Phase 4. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if this is what they sort of consider it in a lot of ways. Because it's, as uh, you guys sort of pointed out, it's it's connected to the rest of the Marvel Universe, but it's also very separate. Like, there, mm-hmm. there well, was not... It, it's right at the end of Civil War, and the post credit scene, we get a bit more attachment to it. But uh, like, it's not like we see any of the other heroes show up at all, right? No, like, which was also good, too, because we didn't need this in no. his. Which, just like, we didn't need Iron Man in Spider-Man, but it was nice to have him there to just show, mm. hey, this is in the same universe. But we've already seen Black Panther interact with those other heroes. Yep. And then they also, you know, they touch on those events and his interactions in those events at the very beginning of the movie. So we don't need to see those heroes anymore. We don't no. need to see them talk 
with Cap or Iron Man or anybody else. No, and it'll be good character. when we see them back in Infinity War. Then he's because a big the chunk of it's going from the looks of the trailer is going to be happening there. In one the Kanye. one character I thought we would have seen, even if in, just in an end credit, was Captain America. I thought for sure that I thought for sure that the, scene, the last scene after the credits would have had Cap in it. I thought for sure it was going to that was going to be the fake out from the Infinity Wars trailers. Was that that part where he's like, "Get this man a shield"? Yeah. Is I thought that was going to be in the post credits. Oh, maybe that's why I thought it was supposed to be in the credits because you mentioned that earlier. Yeah. Before. Well, when I had to pitch it at work, that when they wanted to know what was in the Black Panther post-credit scenes when nobody knew what was in the Black Panther post-credit scenes. That was one of my theories. Right. <laughs> I like that they were calling um, Bucky's character White Wolf. Yeah. Which is apparently a comic book. The Wakandan children were all calling him White Wolf. Well, yes, I, I read this and then saw videos about it. In the Black Panther comics, there was a character that was referred to as White Wolf, and he was the, like, the head of Wakanda, like secret, like CIA, like secret police type force, yeah. uh, who then turned on Black Panther, oh. and was like uh, banished and stuff. That's kind of like the role Wakabi played in this movie. Wakabi was uh, the the guy who was was a farmer out on the border. The guy yeah. in blue. The guy, yeah, with the Raising, war rhinos. The war rhinos. <laughs> uh, I can't remember his name, but he's in Get Out. Yes, Daniel Okoye. He's had a good year. Yeah. I've done two major movies, and they're both critically acclaimed. I just listened to... A, <laughs> did you listen to what's now called the ID10T podcast? No, I did Nerdist. not. No, not former yet, no. Nerdist. Uh, he just had an interview with uh, Denai Guira, who plays <clears throat> Michonne on Walking Dead, and she was Okoye in... Um, Black Panther. Oh, that's who that was. Yeah. Which one was oh. she? Oh, she's the leader of the the, theme, of the women's guard. No, oh, that was, that was Michonne. Oh shit, she looks oh, a lot. Awesome. She looks a lot different she with her hair. Or just wear like I don't know, a ball cap. They didn't talk cap? about that. They didn't talk about that. I assume she oh, shaved wow. her head. She wow. was. Awesome. I didn't even I didn't, pick no, up that didn't it was even her. No, it was the same person. No. Yeah. Uh, so uh, she is an amazing person. If you listen to this interview, she's. A Tony-nominated playwright? Wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> She's a Yale drama graduate? Wow. Also, I, th- I was talking to uh, Gavin, who is our record keeper on the, the, the Hi, board Gavin. on Facebook. Um, and we were, th- were saying that you're seeing a little bit more and more of that these days. Like, the, the fact that um, The Descendants, the, the movie that got all the critical praise, uh-huh. was written by the dean from Community... And the goofy-looking guy from, like, the Broken Lizard movies. Well, the actress who played the lead part in her play... Wait, which was the goofy-looking guy from the Broken um, Lizard? They're, they're he's all kind of goofy. He's not part of their troupe, but he was in... I think he's in Club Dread, and I think he's in um, in Beer Fest. And he's which one's like he in Beer Fest? a little bit of an overbite. He's, like, Not part of one the of the main guys? Oh, okay. Fest. He's not like I haven't one seen that of the main while. guys, okay. but it, like if I showed you, you to him, you'd be like, oh, that guy. And then followed by like, he won an Oscar? <laughs> so the actress who played the lead in the play that she had written that went to Broadway that yeah. was nominated for Tony's was Lupita Nyong'o. Oh, okay. Who she knew because she was trying to convince her to go to her drama school. I guess, I got it wrong. Lupita went to Yale. Denai was trying to convince Lupita to go to the school that she went to. Yeah. Tish, Tishman <laughs> College or something. So yeah, they're all connected, uh, but 
I thought this movie was just incredibly well acted. Mm-hmm. And Gor- Angela Bassett was Angela Bassett like, as the just queen oozed queenliness. She was amazing. I love the design of this movie too. Mm-hmm. Like good what, costumes. What an African country would look like if it had never been colonized by Europeans. Mm-hmm. Just gorgeous but still modern modern like there's touches of like tradition in and the, yet, the costumes, they only have but... one street in the main town in the main <laughs> city because that was all they had the budget for to build apparently yeah the capital city of wakanda has one street but it's well, got that one cool street spiral. that looked it like only that has one street they're allowed to film on yeah it only has <laughs> above ground that's yes the only street that has actual outdoor markets and just about that's the farmer's market and that's all <laughs> everybody else lives in the giant tunnels and uh if we're talking good acting michael b jordan oh my oh. god he was so good at this <laughs> yeah killmonger yeah yeah it's, it's funny how how you... fantastic four human torches do really well when they're not the human torch and not in yep. non-marvel movies <laughs> <laughs> you, yep, you read my mind. You saw the same meme. That's kind of wonders what's going to happen when Marvel uh, Marvel uh, starts bringing in other guys from those. Like, does does Michael Chiklis get a uh, redemption run for his thing in a Marvel movie at some point too? He hey, his thing was good. Was, yeah, no, but so it's the Human Torches. Both of them were good. They yeah. were just in shitty movies. I, I um. Michael B. Jordan must have had to sit for a long time to put all that scarification on his body. Yeah. In the makeup chair. Just, he was. I saw a little cartoon today that does like, it shows like the cartoon, the comic booky version of him with all these little, the little bumps. And then it's like a little zoom in and a blowing up thing. And each one says Lego on them. <laughs> <laughs> now, I, I thought he was one of the best villains we've had in a Marvel film. Yeah. Because he had a point of view that you could sort of get behind too. I the only real complaint I've read about the film from a celebrity, for lack of a better term, is from a pro wrestler named MVP, and his complaint about it more than anything else was because um, MVP is a black man yep. or is a, a man of color, I should say, um, and he could completely and utterly sympathize with Killmonger more than he could Black Panther, right. And he, like his point of view is like, so why are we cheering the guy who's not going to like throw off the chains of oppression for the rest of us? And he's got a good point, and that's the how well that character was written. Right, achieves that. I yeah. think the point is that T'Challa didn't want all that blood on his hands. Yeah, I yeah. think the point is that violence isn't necessarily the only way to throw off the chains of the oppressor, no. and there are other ways of doing that that don't involve slaughtering millions of people. I love the first post credit scene at the UN where the well, I don't even know what country that comes oh, yeah. from. And he's like, why do we care that a backwater farming only country is yeah. opening its doors to the rest of the world finally? <laughs> I leaned over to to uh, Tracy who was sitting next to I was like, hey, Finland. Fuck you, Finland. <laughs> <laughs> was it Finland? I, didn't I don't know. know. I was just guessing. <laughs> Probably Latveria. Yeah. <laughs> So oh, that would have been, been, been perfect. Sneaky little, <laughs> sneaky little thing to throw in there. The representative from Latveria recognizes the representative from Wakanda. Yeah. So um, I'll I'll start with the. Um, That'll I be have... the retcon because they probably won't show it, and <laughs> yep. then eventually, once the Fox deal goes through, they're like, "Oh yeah, he was from he was Latveria." Totally all along. Ambassador. <laughs> um, Sorry, Brent. No, it's okay. I'll I'll start with. I have very little bad to say about this movie. My only thing really with it is. Um, the uh, it suffers from the problem that all the Marvel movies do, with the exception of Spider-Man, of uh, killing off their villains. 
Like, it, it, I. Or is he really I dead? Understand. I was surprised they killed Claw so early in that movie. Yeah, but you kind of need it. Once they explained that, like, he his death had a real good yeah, purpose yeah, to yeah. it. And so does Killmongers to a certain and extent. And also, in the comics, Claw is a being of living sound who's who lives in the arm. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're what? right. Yeah. Comics are weird. Mm-hmm. Yes, they are. <laughs> You, you've actually read some of those when he's in Daredevil. <laughs> Says the woman who reads a comic about a woman who speaks to squirrels. <laughs> what, you think that's less? Uh, that's more weird than a guy who is sound and Maybe lives in an arm? Well, no, it's he just was, as it's weird. No, I think had the arm so is much more weird. exposure to vibranium. And it has yeah. Vibranium and sounds and vibration. But anyway, he's living sound, and so he lives in the arm. And I like, think that's more weird than the... I understand. Squirrel. I understand why they wrote off Killmonger, but at the same time, is like the the Marvel universe needs good bad guys, we, and they're running through them really quick. Well, at this also, point. there's not really much else you could do with Killmonger after this. Have I him mean, in ice. Bucky's out of that tube so, now. Yeah, Just okay, but he comes back, and what does he do? Try to take over Wakanda again? Yeah, I guess. Movie yeah. again. Technically. He is a past king of Wakanda, so he's going to be one of those panthers in the spirit realm, too. Yeah, I wonder if he's there, or is he stuck in that limbo apartment that his dad's stuck in? Yeah, because he didn't make it to the ancestral plane. He just made it to the apartment. But is that just his interpretation of the ancestral plane? Because well, that's where he. But there's none of that, that heart-shaped herb to begin with anymore. Yeah, but so. that can still hey, grow. Don't get into my point. Yeah. Just because yeah. you burn a plant. At the top doesn't mean you destroy the roots. Yeah, they or, didn't dig it up. They didn't. They douse it know. with lye. <laughs> so did uh, did you have any nitpicks, Kevin? Or is it? Nit- I just had such a good Can't. time that I wasn't thinking about nitpicking. Yeah, no worries. My nitpick was the kid in the row behind me that was like, "Oh, oh, that's his dad. Oh, is he Black Panther now? Oh, is he the king?" It's like, "Shut up! You've ordered the kid. Clearly, you know what's going on. You've seen the movie just started." Watch it. <laughs> Sorry. We didn't it's get okay. that at a 9.45 p.m. I went to a 12.30 on a Sunday afternoon showing that I didn't think was going to be that busy. That turned out to be about two-thirds full. The, uh, there were Ours people, was packed. There yeah. were people sitting in the front row of the 9.45 on a Sunday night showing. Yeah. Non-3D. Anyway. Okay. I had a two-for-one coupon. That's why I had to go to a non 3 <laughs> I just have a couple of things that irked me. They're okay, all plot that's related. Fine. They're not nothing yeah, about yeah, the no, no. or anything like that. So, yeah. So first thing, if a meteor that size hit the Earth, oh God, it would destroy the planet. Comic book science. Yes, this, I'm just it's saying. the meat's made of vibranium. It vibrated its way into. This was the it one that killed the dinosaurs. Destroy the planet. It's the no, one that killed the dinosaurs. Oh, I suggested it's that. So big and... That they have been mining it. For over a thousand years uh-huh. with no end in sight, uh-huh. that's a massive meteorite. Uh-huh. <laughs> Stop doing that. <laughs> Maybe that would have like now, destroyed the, the planet. How do we gone... know that it's just that? You know, maybe that when it hit. It planted the seed to make more vibe. You know, of the of the material. Because science. Comic book science. I know, I'm not arguing the comic How does Wolverine's hair fit under his mask? He's that like, was my one of my like, little like quirks where I'm like, but that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 
So I'm we, more interested in knowing how his claws fit into his uh, back in his hands and not don't show up. I want to know oh, where yeah, the he his should be built like Papa. How do, can he bend his wrists? I do want to know where the water comes from at the top of that mountain. Right, the whole oh, yeah. battle scene and the on the plateau. It's a waterfall. The, there's a waterfall. It's a river, and then it. Goes but aren't down. they on the top of a mountain? No, they're, they're in on a the valley. side of a cliff. Were they're they on the valley. side of a cliff? Yeah, they're uh, on the side who of knows? Wibbly wobbly, timely wimey, um, watery, whatever. Vibranium. Science. Vibranium. It, it, they hit because vibrate. science. So he burns okay. all the magic plants except for the one pod, which they feed to T'Challa to bring him back to life. And Ryan says that you can probably grow them back from the burned out roots, but I really don't think. I you don't can. think the roots were burnt. But yeah, anyway. Because plants. Uh, I'm sure Shuri had some in her lab somewhere. Yeah, I'm not arguing that one. Um, so my major things. Those are just my minor ones. The major ones oh. was. Didn't the snow look a lot like the red dust that they were buried into? Like, the snow yeah. kind of didn't look real. No, it didn't. Um, it looked like the snow you make out of snow cones. Yes. See, it's like they couldn't get snow in Georgia, so, so they, they went to ice. a giant snow cone maker. They one of those, <laughs> those Snoopy snow cone makers. Just <laughs> feeding ice cubes into it. Except, okay, except, Ryan, thanks. Uh, we're happy that you've uh, come on board on uh, Black Panther. Um, so <laughs> what we want you to do is sit here. You're from this, Canada? We need the, snow. The Snoopy snow cone maker. <laughs> and we need approximately eight feet of this snow. Uh, get the work. <laughs> but Chadwick Boseman, I'm on it. Chadwick Boseman uh, vetoed that and said, no, just use styrofoam. Just just use styrofoam. Paint it white. Paint it white. I certainly would hope so. It would be cold. <laughs> <laughs> he was shirtless in that scene, too, yeah. right? He wasn't even wearing pants. Ow! Ow? There's a cat the under cat the table. The cat under the table just jabbed me in the knee. The Black Panther. Yeah, no kidding. That's she what you get for her. talking about him. She's the black and white panther. <laughs> So my major things with this was that, okay, to me, it seemed like T'Challa just did not want to be king at all. Like he, he had, I know that he felt bad being king so early because he wanted his dad, blah, his blah, daddy. blah. So, You're still mourning. He, yeah. So because the, first, the, because the antelope stampede happened and killed his father. I know. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> so he does the first, the first time he's challenged by the monkey king and he barely survives, but he does. So good for him. And he's guilty. And I get it for that one. So then he talks. He's guilty. What do you mean? He's guilty. He feels guilty. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Feels feel guilty about what beating about the, winning? No, he feels guilty that he's the king and his dad is dead. And he didn't save his dad. And oh, okay. So then he goes to the ancestral planes and he talks to his dad. And his dad forgives him. And I think you can't get any more closure than going and talking to the ghost of your father <laughs> and getting like that should be enough for him. You would think. So then, when Killmonger shows up, first of all, okay, this is like my second point, which is a tangent of that. His father was a war. Killmonger's father was a war criminal. He was selling vibranium. Uh-huh. And he was sharing Wakandan secrets, and he was basically, like, war, Killmonger should not have any claim to the throne just on that fact. It's like, your father was a traitor, therefore you are a traitor. You have no claim. Your father had no claim to the throne. He renounces right when he started doing this, so you are not a prince. Therefore, you don't get to challenge me. That's what I would have said if I was the king. But he doesn't. He says, sure, I'll fight you again, even though I barely won the first one. What could go wrong this time? Like, if no. he really wanted to be king... Wouldn't he hold on to that a little tighter? <laughs> yeah, but there were people from his court 
that felt, you know, it's a challenge. He's a challenger. He's got a right to but, challenge. But so say, he, if he uh, just ignores it and he's says... he's got the right to challenge because he's got royal blood. Yeah. But yeah. he renounced that royal blood. Well, he never His renounced father anything. renounced yeah. the royal blood. But do you judge the, the, yes, the son on the, Our, the sins of the father? In 99% of the monarchies, you do. In my not, head, this, canon, They're better than those, col- those colonizers. In, in my head, Canon, part of that happened because Zuri felt guilty. Zuri was the guy who betrayed... Killmonger's father, right? Oh, Forrest, Forrest Whitaker. Whitaker. Yeah. Yeah. Which so, we all know what Forrest Whitaker really looked like in nineteen ninety two. Zuri like if Zuri what Zuri should have done was insisted they bring the kid back to Wakanda. Yes. Yeah. If but, they just brought the kid back to Wakanda, none of this would have happened. Yeah. Well, it still could have happened. But well, yeah, but he wouldn't have been as well trained. He would have <laughs> he would have grown up in Wakanda, not on the streets of Oakland. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Right? And he and if he'd grown up in Wakanda and seen what Wakandan society is like, then he wouldn't be as yeah. pissed off as he was. He would have been as, as acclimatized Maybe. as everybody else. Right? Although his daddy had been feeding him stories. For, yeah. So just as a side note, I discovered today that I, I noticed in the credits that the uh, Forrest Whitaker's character... Um, the younger version of of him was played by an actor with the same last name as Forrest Whitaker. Oh, really? Yeah, it's. I assume it's his son, but at the same time, the guy who was T'Challa in that scene is the son of the, yeah. the older guy too. So oh, that's they, they, it was an easy way of doing it. But. Yeah. So did you uh, did you have another major point that you had a no? Issue those are with? my those like are, to me. Those that, are valid. It took me yeah. right out of the movie because I'm like, well. <sighs> If you really want, if you really feel that, okay, so you, you should have had the closure at this point. You should be firm, like secure in the knowledge that you are, you won the challenge, you spoke to your dead father, you drank your magic flower juice. You should be secure in the fact that you are king now. And then as soon anybody comes by and goes, I want to be king. He's like, okay, I'll fight you. Like, mm, it just bugs me. To me, that seems to be a, like he doesn't take the fact that he's king seriously. And that kind of threw his character off for me. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, but even his father told him that he's going to stumble. He's going to, you know, yeah. have problems. And no. and yeah. just even even though you talk to your dead father that you feel responsible for him dying, just and he tells you it's not your fault, it's okay, doesn't mean you're going to get over it right away. Yeah, but I still think that everyone grieves differently. If mm. he if he really valued holding on to the throne that much, he wouldn't be so quick to bargain to gamble it away. Well, maybe it was maybe he didn't feel he deserved it. Maybe, but still. And I, I was thinking about Kevin's point. Claw's laser did survive. Yeah. So if you're, what there. you're saying, uh, they could always bring him back. Yeah. But, and was it just me or did Andy Circus look like fucking jacked? <laughs> like to the gills. He looked. He looked weird. Beefy. Yeah. Like he looked yeah. like he like he, because he's not a tall guy to begin with. So he looked like. You know, like uh, Dynamite Kid circa 1986, just like all muscle. And- the part in the casino when he blows up the little booth and then all the money is falling, and he's like, yeah. I made it rain. It's like, I laughed. I, I laughed. I, I laughed. That was, was like, funny. Jesus Christ. This, guy, this guy's off his rocker. Yeah. I, yeah, he was great. I loved it. Yeah. You could tell he had a good time with that character. Yeah. I, I, so well, overall, he, he got to look like himself and not an animated golem or. <laughs> He'd never crawl around on the ground wearing. He didn't balls. have to wear a spandex. Mm. Yeah, suit. his Afrikaans accent was pretty solid. Well, he's is he? Oh, he's Australian or? I think so. Yeah. 
because I think that's how he hooked up with Peter Jackson. Is he was already down there? No, he's English. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. So um, I I say think it's safe to say from the table. Go see it. Yeah. Yes. Oh yes. Oh yeah. Definitely go see it. Um, there is. I, I. It's also fairly safe to say there is no real direct connection to Infinity War with this movie, like at all. Really, it's no. No, like nothing. Like not, no foreshadowing. Nothing. Yeah, le- not even in the post credits. No, are, which which were good. A but. lot of speculation was that we'd get to see. We'd find out. Oh, that's where the Soul Stone is. Because that's the one we're missing, right? Yeah. Which I would make that was sense. The one in Vision. No, it's the life. The Life Stone. The Life oh. Stone. I don't know what they all are. Uh, to be fair, they're hard to keep track yeah, of. Yeah, which would make sense on to why they can drink the juice and go to, or die and go to the soul plane and see their ancestors. Soul plane! I do like they get on the soul train. One of the movies I've ever seen. Uh, well, is that maybe where the, the the magic flowers come from? Like, maybe that's under the ground and, and is what's giving the, only those that's specific flowers That's what some people are powers. Well, that's true. Wakanda that does really have, like... For being its position in Africa, it has a really good ecosystem going on yeah. there. Maybe, maybe Jen's on to something. I, I do like that, t- knowing that we're going to see a lot of these characters again in, mm. in Infinity War. Well, it's almost like Black Panther is almost a misnomer of a title. It, it's almost it should be almost like the world of Black Panther the world because of Wakanda, you, you yeah. really get a, a sense of a lot of the characters in it and. And like, I had no idea what, that Black Panther had such a deep, uh, a deep core of um, supporting characters. Chris for priests to run, That's man. Uh, a lot of it is, um, uh, I well, uh, I guess you ever a, watched the Black Panther motion comic or animated um, series? No, I read the comics. It's based off of those. Okay. The original Hudland uh, run that Ramita Junior drew, which is a pretty solid run in itself. But it's priests run really introduced a lot of. Not necessarily the exactly what we saw in the movie, but a lot of the concepts and ideas that Shuri, we saw. Did in the he movie. create Shuri? I believe so. Um, in there as well is uh, Everett Ross, um, right? Uh, what's his name's character? Uh, yeah, um, um, Freeman. Freeman. Uh, his character was from that run originally, and like a, a lot of sort of how uh, Black Panther carries himself in the comics it came out of that run. Because right. it's it's easy for us to like, oh, like he's a at least a B lister character now. And like, no, at that point, he before Marvel Knights came along, he was like occasional Avengers character yeah. at that point. Yeah. That was about it. He did not have his own book. Every once in a while, they threw him a mini series that would go away kind of unnoticed and. And Christopher Priest just did a run with the, the Marvel Knights imprint. That was yeah. just fantastic. Shuri was created by Hudlin. Oh, was she? Oh, okay. In 2005. Yeah. I stand corrected. And she was the Black Panther for a while. Yep. Yeah, she was. And there is some concept art for this movie with her. Like, with those, like her suit? With her in a Black Panther suit with along with those like gloves. She, was, she had the Sonic gloves. She's mm. young enough. Of an actress, or at least looks young enough that, like, if Chadwick Boseman ever decides to step away from it, like, after a movie or two, bam. Yeah. Continue it with her. And, like, then you've got a whole new twist tonight. Well, even if it is, I can totally see her being, you know, with being the scientist that she is, having built her own, like, Black Panther suit, whether she has, you know, she doesn't have superpowers like he does, but... 
I who knows what see. kind of fighting training she could have and tacked out, like, you know, being like Iron Man type Panther suit, right? I, I, I like trying looking at this movie as a jumping off point for where does the Marvel Cinematic Universe go from here. I can almost picture the Avengers relocating to Wakanda. Wouldn't be surprising, in you some know, ways. and having Shuri run their tech and in the co- in the comic, she was Wakanda starts providing them with Quinjets at some point, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Or advancing Tony's designs and stuff. So, yeah. well, those ships that the Wakandans were using, the, the sort of anti-grav ships, those looked almost more like Quinjets than yeah the, from the comics than what we call Quinjets in the Avengers films. Yeah, exactly. So, um, I thought. Uh, but the the slight elephant in the room, but not rhinoceros. Really. They were no elephants. Oh, rhinoceros. oh, I forgot about the battle rhinos. I love that <laughs> yeah. when he's running up and he stops that it's up the yeah. general's and face. And she has that look of slight disgust. <laughs> well, wouldn't you if a rhino licked your no, face? No, but she also knew that it was coming and had to suck it up for that. Now, was I the only one, or maybe you thought of this too while you're watching that, and you could picture Battle Cat? Like this would yeah, be a, a He-Man bit, outfit, yeah. you know. Well, at least we know they've got a proof of concept now. Yeah, <laughs> they can do it with a rhino. We can do it with a tiger. Come on. So, um, dear listeners, uh, I thought it might be a good idea to get a little bit of an outside opinion on uh, Black Panther because, um, to be quite honest. We're all white people. <laughs> We're the whitest of white people. Yeah. If you, what? If you didn't know, if you don't know us personally, sorry, Ryan. I hate to break it to you, but you're white. <laughs> I've got some Native Canadian background in my uh, uh, ancestry. Okay. Thank you very much, too. So. You're so I'm, white. You're French. almost French. But I am French. <laughs> but uh, not, none of us are uh, people of color. So a lot of the podcast reviews that are out there, and a lot of the print reviews are also from white people. I I am been longtime internet friends with a guy named Nate Milton who is a podcaster in his own right with shows with uh, much larger audiences than ours. But um, so Nate let's was, piggyback on that fame yeah, and try to get yeah, some more listeners. Bit. But I've 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 been looking for an excuse to talk to Nate on the show for a while, and Nate is a comic book fan and a Marvel U fan. So I thought I would uh, call him up and see what he thought of the movie. And through the magic of editing. Here's my conversation with Nate Milton. Bing. All right, and through the magic of uh, well editing <laughs> and and Skype, I managed to uh, get uh, somebody to talk about uh, Black Panther with a different point of view than. Uh, the rest of us on the show. Um, I managed to get my good friend uh, via the internet, uh, Nate Milton. Uh, Nate is the host of uh, Keep It 2000, which is an excellent wrestling podcast about the worst era of WCW wrestling. And as well, he's also the co-host of Kings of Sport, which is a great wrestling or a great sports podcast in general. So uh, thank you for joining me, Nate. What is going on, colonizer? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh man how you doing brother <laughs> i i am good i'm good um so uh what some of the people from your podcast might not know is uh you're a big fan of the superhero stuff as well as sports and wrestling so yeah i would say uh i want to say the over the last year and a half to two years i've kind of 
quote unquote come out of the closet as a blurred. Uh, I am a uh, full fledged black nerd, and I'm, I'm proud of that. And uh, matter of fact, in addition to the shows that you are you mentioned, I also have a Luke Cage podcast yes. uh, called Always Forward, which you have been a guest on in the past, and and hopefully we'll be back for season two whenever. Marvel and Netflix get around to bringing that to us again. I I guess it's on its way um, because I watched the first episode of the Joel McHale show uh, this this evening when I was eating dinner, and Mike Coulter makes a a, a special guest appearance. Apparently, uh, as part of uh, being the part of the Netflix family, he uh, opens jars of pickles and peanut butter for various people <laughs> on Netflix. That's a good bit. That's a good bit. <laughs> yeah. So I, I think that's fall this year. I'm not sure, okay. but hopefully. Yeah, I want to say it was uh it was summer when the season one came out in August, I believe. Yeah, it, it might be. I know Jessica Jones starts up next month. I think it's either March or May. Yeah. So it, it, and who knows? He might show up on that a little bit too, for all we know. So, um. So let's let's dive right into uh, your review. What did you think of Black Panther, Nate? I would say that I really, really enjoyed this movie. I saw it a couple days ago for the first time. I I might have to go and and catch it a couple more times to kind of fully submit my thoughts. But in the immediate aftermath uh, coming out of the theater, I was like, this is a top five MCU flick. Uh, You know, it's right up there for me with. Uh, movies like Civil War or Winter Soldier uh, or the first Iron Man or the first Guardians. Like, it's it's right up there with, with one of my favorite Marvel po- pictures. So, uh, did you have much uh, knowledge about the character before you saw it in the in the movie theater? Or was it just kind of the, the movie version of, the char- of Black Panther you knew? Oh, yeah. I, I had a specific... Uh, relationship with the Black Panther and and one particular version of the Black Panther, which was the one that was unleashed, so to speak, during Christopher Priest's run. Oh, Christopher uh, Priest's run is so good. <laughs> I, I would make the argument, you know, I know of, uh, you know, there's been uh, various runs, and, and right now you got the uh, Ta-Nehisi Coast uh, run, but I would say Priest is the definitive version of the Black Panther, and you could see some of those cues in the movie being taken from that Priest run. Oh, definitely. What like just some of the characters in general were invented during his run. Um, I, it was weird when uh, the credits rolled up, and I noticed that he he gets a special thank you credit in the main credits. But to me, he should really get kind of... I know it's probably a legal thing. He should really get a co-creator credit up there with Stan Lee and Jack Kirby for that film. Yeah, because even though, you know, the Stan and, and, and Jack, you know, they created the character, I think a lot of people would say, you know, when, when Iron Man came out in, in uh, 2008, a lot of people were like, you know, Iron Man's a B or C list Marvel character. Yeah. You could make the argument before Priest, Black Panther was a D-list character. You know, he was somebody that showed up in issues of Fantastic Four or he hung out with the Avengers. But nobody was really checking for Black Panther as a solo character until Christopher Priest kind of reinvented, you know, uh, T'Challa and and kind of gave some more weight to the mythology of Wakanda. So I think Priest has a lot to do with uh, why Black Panther is, is something that we saw on the screen this past weekend because of the work that he put in back in the day in the comic of making him such a more fully formed character. Yeah, it's. Um, I, I imagine it's just like, one. in part, it's one of those weird legal things because I know 
the Kirby estate sued for um, getting all of their copyrights back, and then they settled with Marvel. So he definitely probably has to get a credit at this point. But um, I don't know why they don't give additional credits to people in that main crawl. But uh, that's I guess that's for lawyers to figure out. <laughs> um, how was the how was the audience in the theater that you saw it in, and and where exactly did you see it? You're out of Virginia, correct? Yeah, I'm, I'm down here in uh, Hampton Roads, Virginia, and I went to a matinee uh, on President's Day. Uh, which is ironic because anybody that follows me on Instagram, I, I put up the uh, post that I was going to see uh, T'Challa on President's Day because uh, in America, we need to be reminded of how a real leader acts. So <laughs> I needed to go and see this fictional character so I could kind of get my bearings again on how a, a real president or king is supposed to behave. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh yeah, there's there's no arguing with you on that point whatsoever. It's sad when a fictional leader of a fictional country is much better equipped to run things than the guy who actually is. <laughs> so the the uh, how packed was the matinee that you saw? Was it because we've been hearing reports that like it's it's one of the biggest openings in February ever, and right now it's tracking yeah. to. Um, completely defeat justice league within four days yeah i'd say it's about half full uh and that was because it, while it was a holiday because of the snow situation down here in virginia the kids missed like two weeks of school so they had to make up the day um, okay. and i would assume if the kids were out it would have been fully packed uh but for one o'clock on a wednesday when the kids are in school it, it you know for the theater to be half full i'd, I'd say that's a pretty good showing yeah, I I went on Monday at seven o'clock and it was jammed. Like I'm glad we have we this theater we have near us as a reserved uh, ticket uh, thing, so I didn't have to worry about where my seat was. But for those who were coming late, they probably sat in the front row. Um, and that to me, Brent, like that to me is kind of there's two stories when you talk about Black Panther and how do you review this film. I think there's what we saw on screen, but also the resonance to the, the movie going public at large. And I think like, I, I was nervous when I went into the movie theater, man, because of the hype around the movie and yeah. the business that you all, you could already hear that this, this, this film was doing. Um, and so I, I was like, man, I, at, at worst, I wanted it to just be a good solid Marvel movie. Uh, like, any, I hate to say this because you know Thor is like I thought Ragnarok was a great comeback for Thor, but I did not like Dark World at all. Yeah, and I was just like, as long as it's not Black Thor Dark World, we we can be cool <laughs> with that. Uh, but it was it was critically and 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 just as a movie, it was so much better than that. But also, you saw how it resonated and. You know, the elephant in the room or the mechanized rhino in the room, as it were, uh, is that this movie spoke to people and not just Marvel fans, not just comic book fans, but it spoke to black people. And, you know, at the theater, you saw different generations. You saw parents and kids and grandkids all at the theater, you know, and, and some of them were dressed in African garb and, and dashikis and some were dressed up as the characters movie and it, it it means something like I, one of the things we talked about when you came on always forward 
is representation matters. And just because you make something that appeals to, you know, me being a person of color, that shouldn't hinder your enjoyment if the material is well done and it's presented in a way that everybody can enjoy it. I I will go the step of saying that I think this is one of the best written Marvel films in quite a while. Mm. I I think from like just a pure script standpoint, it it is one of the more solid entries. I'd I'd be willing to say it's more it's more solid than uh, definitely Guardians Two, and yeah. uh, and probably in my mind, uh, probably a little bit of a better script than Civil War was. Um, Winter Soldier is like my gold standard. Is if you can get up that high, then you really hit it. Um, but right now for me, it it sits within pro- in my top five, if not top three. I I would really have to see it again to kind of place it. And that and like like you said, I'm I am not a black man at all. I am as white as white bread comes. <laughs> um, but I like it. It was how the characters were handled for me, and the the sense of nobility. Um, when Civil War came out, uh, my my wife has no idea who Black Panther is, other than in the the theater universe or the uh, the film universe. And at the end of it, she's like, "Wow, it was really cool that." Black Panther is kind of the peacemaker in between, and I'm like, yeah, that's because Black Panther's the adult in the room, <laughs> <laughs> and they carried that on to this film, like him yeah. not killing. Um, oh, my pronunciations are going to be terrible. Uh, Mubatu, and even giving Killmonger, you know, like you know, you're a terrible person at this point, but we can try and fix you if you want to give it a go. It's, so I, I really that that to me was it is part of what makes this movie so good, but also one of my frustrations because I did have oh, really? some nitpicks here and there with the movie. But uh, when you talk about the villains, uh, because I thought Michael B. Jordan and Andy Serkis as Killmonger and Claw, respectively, I thought they were great. Uh, I, I'm going to say it. I thought Circus uh, was a better Joker than Jared Leto. Uh, because oh, that, that's not saying much, though. <laughs> Just kind of, but the yeah, I can presence see it. he had with Claw was was like it was fun, and and we rarely get like fun, happy villains that you know you know they're bad, but they're so much fun to watch on the screen. Uh, but then when you talk about Killmonger, I thought that I. I don't have a problem with how they how they handled Claw in the movie, but I really thought that one of the two needed to remain with us when the credits rolled. I, I completely agree with you. I think the one thing Marvel has done badly with most of their films is they kill off villains very, very quickly. Yeah, and I think, like, in the in the world of the movie, Killmonger has a, like, it, it fits his character that he would say, I would rather, you know, die like my ancestors in the in the ocean than, you know, to live in, in bondage. But, I, I, A, I hate losing Michael B. Jordan, uh, even though I guess there's a way you could bring him back because technically he was king for a day. Uh, so I guess T'Challa could visit him uh, on the ancestral plane, but... I, I would have liked for T'Challa to, to kind of treat him with the same tact that he treated uh, Zemo and say, you know, the living are not through with you yet. You know, you have to atone for what you've done. 
And, you know, that way, maybe we get Killmonger fighting alongside T'Challa in Infinity War. Like, yeah, I just think that, man, Marvel has a way, like you said, of just coming up with some good villains from time to time. But then they're gone. And and, uh, so that's that's one of the things I liked about Spider-Man is that we didn't get rid of the vulture. And I wish we would have gone that same route here and uh, kept Michael B. Jordan around. I completely agree with you. Um, so, from your point of view, where do they go from here with Black Panther? Where What would you like to see in, like, this film has broken tons of box office records at this point. Yeah. So, the inevitability of part two being greenlit is probably more dependent on Ryan Coogler's schedule than anything else right now. Uh, what would you like to see? Is there anything uh, in particular in the, the Nate fanboy dream of Black Panther 2 you want to see brought up? Well, there's a couple things because I'm really excited for the sequel whenever we get that because, A, while this was a good movie, I do th- have some nitpicks here and there. Uh, there were a couple of pacing things for me that I, I wish could have been tightened up a little bit. And also some of the action scenes I think could have been shot a little tighter. But this, you know, Ryan Coogler, this is really his first kind of big blockbuster movie, even it's though you know, Creed movie was- in general. Yeah, his third movie in general. (laughs) So, like, just for this to be his third movie, like, I have nothing but high hopes for what Coogler Coogler is going to do with the sequel. Uh, But in terms of what I would like to see, just kind of my fanboy wish list, I hope that we would get, like, I, I don't think we'll get it in Infinity War just because there's a lot of masters to serve with that picture. Yeah. But I hope if Tony Stark survives... Then in Black Panther 2, now that Wakanda is known to the rest of the planet, we get some really cool Tony Stark and Shuri scenes. Because I think, you know, not only is scientifically she's somebody that can go toe-to-toe with him, but she can go toe-to-toe with him from a snarky standpoint as well. So I think just, you know, those two, Robert Downey Jr. and uh, Letitia Wright, I think they could have some really cool scenes together. That, actually, that's a pretty good suggestion. I hadn't thought about that. She's she ended up being my wife's favorite character in the film. <laughs> she, I mean, she totally steals the film. Like you yeah. would think it would be Michael B. Jordan or, or even uh, uh, Chadwick Boseman, but the person that I had the most fun with and and felt the most connected to was that character of Shuri. Like I, I know in the comics she's a bit different, so I wasn't sure what to expect from this interpretation of Shuri. Yeah, uh, you know, in the comics she's more of an adversary to T'Challa at times uh but man she was so much fun in this movie just the, the you know like like I, like we alluded to the the colonizer joke with uh ross or the uh you know the the playful time she had with with uh t'challa and then she you know she's got the suits and then he's like uh you didn't tell me how hard to to hit it and then she's like well hit it again you idiot and he hits it and he's like delete that like just the interplay between those two it came across as a genuine sibling relationship so i thought she was great so i want to see her and tony stark have some interaction in the sequel i also would like to see uh and this might play into a bit of my theories for what's going to happen in infinity war i think we're going to lose at least two or three of the big guns uh, yep. like I think vision just judging by, you know, the necessity, necessity of, uh, the infinity stone being pulled out of his head, like vision's gone. And I think either cap or Tony will be gone. I don't, I don't think they'll kill both of them, but I think one of them's gone. And uh, so if cap is gone, I want to see 
Bucky remain in Wakanda. I don't want to see Bucky take up the mantle. I'd rather see Sam pick up the mantle of Cap and Bucky can stay in Wakanda as the White Wolf. That's a that's an interesting idea. I hadn't thought about that because, because yeah, Falcon is very much a, an ongoing character in that universe. So it is possible they might skip the the whole Bucky Cap uh, run. And Wakanda's going to need protection now because now that they're known, it 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 opens up all this philanthropic uh, type of relationships with other countries, but it also opens them up to people that are going to want to steal the the vibranium. So, yeah, they could use some extra help, and I think Bucky playing off of T'Challa, especially going back to their initial meeting in Civil War where they were at each other's throats, I think it'd be a cool team-up with him and Shuri and Bucky. So, also going forward on a uh, on a different note... Um, where do you think the, uh, DC and the other comic book companies that all have movies in various stages in production, where do you think they can learn from Black Panther from a cultural standpoint? <laughs> well, I've got, I got two answers. The first one is, is not really, it's a little tongue in cheek, uh, but you know, you're, you're a former countryman i guess you could say at least for a little bit vince carter when he was a raptor and he won the slam dunk contest <laughs> and kenny smith is like shut it down shut it down it's over like that's every, everybody else dc it's over like sony it's over because uh, marvel is is like even the worst mcu flick is better than what we've gotten from the other companies um uh, they're very but, much like pixar at this point where even the yeah. worst film in the lot is still like you know all right yeah, like I never thought I'd say this, but if if you give if you give me the option between watching Justice League or watching Thor: The Dark World on a random afternoon, as much as I enjoyed seeing Justice League the first time, it's not like I I think I'd have a better time watching Thor too. Wow. Uh, you know, I think it's it's crazy to say, but there's a certain charm to Marvel films mm. where even the bad Marvel films have a level of, okay, like, it's, that's funny, that's cute, I, it's likable. Like uh, Iron Man 3, all the stuff with Tony and the kid. Like, it's not a great movie, but Tony and the stuff with Tony and the kid gets me every time. Yeah. Uh, but in, in terms of what they can learn from this, I would say a couple things. Number one is diversity and representation are not bad things. Uh, in fact, they are very good things for your bottom line. We saw that with Wonder Woman, uh, with the DCEU, and now we're seeing this again with Black Panther. And even if you don't believe in having more minorities in movies or having more women in movies or having more LGBTQ characters in movies, just for the cynical fact of those communities have money and disposable entertainment dollars to give to you if you treat them right on screen should entice you to come out with some more stories about those type of characters. Uh, the other thing I would say is don't be afraid to be current. I think one of the things that I enjoyed about this movie is how present it felt. And even in the MCU, which feels a little bit more, a little bit more grounded or, or more closer to our time, uh, even though it's all fantasy. Yeah, it's uh, kind of uh, like a nebulous current, like yes. not exactly our time, but close enough. Yes, and whereas with some, a lot of the DC films, they feel like in a in a whole other world uh, altogether. But 
with the Kendrick Lamar soundtrack. That's something that I don't think a lot of companies like. I, th- I guess the closest thing would be the Suicide Squad soundtrack, which had a lot of hip hop and yeah. uh, dubstep and, and uh, uh, EDM type of music. But the go going with Kendrick Lamar to curate the soundtrack, and I. I've got a feeling. I don't know how these things get selected or nominated or voted upon, but uh, all the stars. It would not surprise me if all the stars uh, got a nomination for like best original song at, for the Oscars, because that to me is not, is it's not only a, a great radio song, but it fits with the movie. Like it's the song you hear over the end credits, yeah. And it's like it makes sense. Uh, that, that's another one of my nitpicks, though, because I was waiting for. Uh, the uh, Run the Jewels song to be played in the yeah, movie, and, it's and not they on the it. soundtrack at and all. And it's not on the soundtrack, yeah. But it's it's prominent in all the advertising and the, and the trailers. And I'm watching. I've got the TV on mute right now, and they're playing the Alexis commercial with Shuri and Tashala, and that song's in the background. Uh, so I would have loved it if uh, when Killmonger uh, took over and and was the king for a day, if that was the song that was playing when he walked into the throne room. Just just a little snippet of it because mm. I needed that song in there. Uh, also. Uh, hi, Auntie. That that's that's a great line. Yeah, <laughs> like when and the look on Angela Bass's face. Like, there's so many great little moments in this movie. And again, just kind of, I guess, to kind of wrap up the point on this, Brent. It's don't be afraid to maybe piss off a certain segment of your constituent, the loud vocal minority of people that, you know, don't want to watch this and why, why are we, you know, it's the same group of people that came out and, and were yelling about Lady Ghostbusters or yelling about Wonder Woman. Like, those people, much like wrestling fans that complain, Brent, and you know this better than anybody, those folks, folks who are complaining are going to be the same people buying the WWE Network. Oh, yeah. Going to the house shows, buying the pay-per-views just so they can complain some more. So don't be dissuaded by the negativity out there and and go for it and, and, you know, take some chances. Because as we've seen with Wonder Woman and now Black Panther and to a lesser extent, Luke Cage on Netflix and also uh, Black Lightning on the CW, there's an audience out there that is ready to line your pockets and your advertisers pockets with dollars if you will appeal to them. To that point, I uh, it just came over my newsfeed as we were talking. Uh, Disney has announced a uh, Moon Girl and uh, Devil Dinosaur cartoon, which wow. um, Lawrence Fishburne's uh, production company is apparently involved with it. But it, it like going back to your money point, it is at such a pre-production stage that nothing is set in it. They don't know which network they're throwing it on. They don't know who's going to be in it. They just know we're doing this with this company. And at some point, you will see it. And that's That right there is what you were saying. is just like capitalizing on the moment, but doing something kind of good with it at the same time. And there's so many characters with Marvel, both uh, you know in starring roles and also in more sidekick roles that that you can kind of bring out in this next phase as we start to see some of the old guard of the MCU fade out. Like, I'm I'm excited for, you know, maybe five years from now when we get to see Miles Morales on screen. Or you don't have to to quite wait that long. He's got that (laughs) animated movie that's coming out before that. That's right. That's right. See, Miles Morales to me is is that's a marketable character. Oh, yeah. uh, Kamala Khan, like Kamala Khan, to me is she should be one of the most popular characters uh, on our TV screens or our movie screens because like that's that's some something you can make a lot of money with, man. Like there's 
there's a, a burgeoning market, I think, for characters of color that, like, people of color are going to get behind, and people that are just comic book fans and geeks and nerds in general, they're going to enjoy it anyway because it's it's bringing these characters to life. Do you think we get a return of Wesley Snipes as Blade? Oh, see, okay, here, <laughs> here it is, man, because I think we talked about this when you came on Always Forward. Oh, we might uh, have, yeah. About what other MCU series we might, uh, a Netflix series we might like to see, uh, even though I don't know now, now with the Disney deal, if we'll get any new Netflix series. Uh, but I think you got to go in one of two ways. I think either you do a Blade movie and Blade is killed. Uh, and that just wraps up the series, or you do a Blade movie where Wesley Snipes is in the Whistler, Whistler role. role. You know, he's he's Blade, but he's in the Whistler role, and maybe the, the new vampire hunter is his daughter. It, uh, so rumor had it they announced a Blade series uh, around this time last year uh, from Marvel Comics. And it mysteriously kind of went away around the same time they got the the film and TV rights back to the character. Mm. But the premise of that comic was exactly what you were saying. It's Blade as the uh, the Whistler role and his daughter being the, the vampire hunter in it. And if, if you look out there, you can probably find the promo art that was leaked. And it looked really cool, and I don't know... Nobody has ever explained what happened to it, why it was stopped. It, it, the theory was at the time was that uh, they had talked to somebody and they went, oh yeah, we'll we'll do that as a TV series. Just hold on to it for a little bit while we develop <laughs> it and together. But to be fair to Wesley Snipes is like, that dude hasn't aged. <laughs> no, and, and to me, like, you... It's not even the, the way he looks, but I think just the way – and we saw this with uh, Hugh Jackman and Logan. Like there's a space to cr- tell a really cool story yeah. about an aging hero uh, and in Blade's case, an aging antihero. I think that, man, you can't – like uh, they did the series on Spike that was uh, with the House of Cthulhu. Yeah, with uh, Sticky Fingers was the, yeah, with uh, with the Blade Sticky in it, Fingers, right? Sticky Fingers wasn't bad, but he's not Wesley Snipes. Yeah. And I think if you're going to bring that character to the big screen again, it is not only respectful to Wesley and and what uh, the character he brought in that that movie, which kind of helped re-legitimize superhero movies when it came out. Uh, It would not only be respectful to Wesley Snipes, but it just would make sense from a storytelling perspective, man, because yeah, we could buy some other black dude, you know, as in, in that outfit, but it, it's not going to resonate as much as if it, as it would, if Wesley Snipes is the guy there and he passes the torch on to the next generation. Yeah. The, the main reason I brought that up is since black Panther in the last three weeks, blade has been kept being sort of pushed up of like, hey, remember this movie? It was at well, oh, the first two were pretty don't, good. Don't get me started on that, Brent, because that <laughs> that argument made me so angry because for like a lot of people were using that as a way to quiet people that were trying to say that uh, Black Panther was this big significant moment. And they're like, well, what about Blade? And to me, that always came across as, you know, whenever you watch a conservative talk show and they're talking about crime in the yeah. inner cities. And somebody makes a statement about, you know, gun policies or uh, 
laws on the books that are unfair to uh, poor people and, and people of color. And then the pundits like, well, what about black on black crime? It's like, yes, we can think about two or three things at the same time. Like we're not on a one track mind. So for for somebody to be like, oh, well, Black Panther is uh is 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 not the first because what about Blade? It's like you're you're actively making me dislike Blade, which is a great movie, and I'm I'm a Blade fan. Like I even liked the less than stellar Blade Trinity uh, really? because it has oh. it has Wesley Snipes and and Parker Posey is delightful in it, and we get Triple H. So I'm I'm there. I'm at the theater, man. Have you ever uh, heard uh, Patton Oswalt's stories about working on that movie? No. <laughs> oh, I'll I'll send you a link after we're done from uh they're just uh I think he did an interview with the AV club where they ran down his career and he talks uh at length about that would be um during the uh uh unstable era of Wesley Snipes' career and personality <laughs> and Pat Oswald's stories are just hilarious and slightly frightening. <laughs> Oh, yeah. See, I'm glad you brought that up. You brought your your point of view to it because I saw it as kind of like a different point of view from like the comic geek in me was, but yeah. both, but also sort of negative. Is like, guys, when when Blade got turned into a movie, he was not a popular character, and if yeah. anything, you look at the character that was before Blade and after Blade. The the character in the comics became the Wesley Snipes character. Like yeah, he wasn't that character like... much before that film. After that right. film, that's what they based it off of. So like I like Blade, and this is not to minimize the importance of that movie because that movie was not only important for superhero movies, but you know, sci-fi movies in general. You yeah. know, and then some of the effects in that movie are are effects that, you know, took off in the next decade. But you can't compare Blade or, you know, let's throw out some other heroes of color, Meteor Man or, you know, Blank Man. Oh. Uh, you know, these these are the black superheroes that we've gotten over the years. Yeah. And to to even try to compare that to Black Panther, like, this is a different level. Not only is this a big blockbuster movie, like, you know, we're not just talking about Marvel. We're talking about Marvel and Disney. You know, we're talking about a black director. We're talking about a film where 90%, maybe more, of the cast and crew are people of color. And so to try to compare that to Blade, which did not have that much hype. Like, I was a comic fan back in the day, and even I was, like, I caught, I didn't see Blade the first weekend in the theaters. Oh, yeah, like, it, it kind of quietly came out and became yeah. a, sort of a sleeper hit. Like, there wasn't a whole lot of hype for Blade. And so to compare that to this movie, Black Panther, which has been pretty much hyped up since we first got a glimpse of T'Challa in Civil War, like, the the excitement for this movie has been ginned up and, and has been churning for over, you know, a year and a half, two years, three years. And so to compare it to blade or compare it to god forbid blank man or meteor man uh, no offense no offense to damon wayans and robert townsend but it's not even on the same on the same playing field so this is a big moment for 
Marvel Studios. This is a big moment for Disney. This is a big moment for Ryan Coogler and and black filmmakers and this cast and crew. And by extension, it's a big moment for black comic fans. And that shouldn't diminish this moment for all comic fans, but for the people that are trying to kind of rain on the parade, it's short-sighted, man, because it's like, why would you want to try to harsh harshen or hamper anybody else's enjoyment of this thing and this genre that we all dig like the to me the more comic fans and the more superhero fans the better and i think uh black panther is a movie that probably brought in a lot of new comic fans this weekend yeah hopefully uh, as somebody who like i go to my regular shop every wednesday and pick up new books it would be great to see new faces in their pick and the current run of black panther while it's been uh had its delays and stuff has been pretty solid all the way through. So it's like, if you want to start somewhere, start with that, or they just re-released, uh, Christopher priests trades in, in big big book collections too. So if you really liked, especially the story of this movie and kind of the, uh, I don't want to, (laughs) again, make a comparison that maybe diminishes it, but this was to me was inhumans done right in terms of the, the royal family and the intrigue, the palace intrigue. Yeah. Like Inhumans just fell flat to me, but this was like that kind of intrigue done right. And if if that kind of stuff and the political stuff uh, is what really lit your fancy in this movie, then check out you know the priest trades because again, I think without that, we don't get this character. You know, without Christopher Priest and what he did on that run of Black Panther, you know. This guy could just be, you know, an, an African Batman. And nobody wants an African Batman. Just <laughs> running, running around the jungles of Wakanda. How do you know that name? <laughs> what name are you talking about, my king? You know that name. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Uh, How do you know uh, on that note, uh, <laughs> where can uh, our listeners find you, uh, Nate, across the interwebs? Oh, so many places, brother. So many places. Uh, you can check me out, like Brent said, on the Kings of Sport, which is a weekly podcast uh, hosted by myself and Marcus Vandenberg of Yahoo Sports. We are one of the longest running independent sports podcasts produced and hosted by uh, two men of color. Uh, so if you if you dug uh, Black Panther, uh, check out uh, the the. The Black Kings, the we're, the other Black Kings. Uh, we, don't, we don't we don't have ancestral planes, but uh, we <laughs> we did have a villain, a bad guy who who departed after our first season. So uh, check out the Kings of Sport. Uh, you can check out Keep It 2000 if you're a fan of pro wrestling, particularly wrestling during the 90s and 2000s, because Brian Mann, who is a former WWE writer, and I, we talk about Monday Nitro, and we are in the process of reviewing every single Monday Nitro from the year 2000. Uh, so you can check that out. And as Brent mentioned, I am the co-host, along with Ethan Guzman, of Always Forward, which is a podcast that covers Marvel's Luke Cage. And next week or the week after, it depends on when we can get our schedules together, uh, we are going to have a special edition while we wait for Luke Cage to come back. We're going to have a special roundtable talking about this very movie. So if you enjoyed my thoughts here with Brother Brent talking Black Panther, you can check out that edition of Always Forward, which should be out within the next couple of weeks. So Always Forward, Kings of Sport, 
Keep It 2000. And if you just want to talk to me or follow me or hear my random thoughts about comics or, or politics or sports, check me out on Twitter at in the number eight M O Z A I K. Nate Mosaic on Twitter. Thanks a lot, Nate. Uh, it's been great having you on. Thank you, brother. I would give you the uh, official Wakandan handshake, but this is not a visual medium, so it probably wouldn't do a whole lot for the listeners. back i i hope you guys enjoyed it um, oh it was fantastic oh you guys yeah, some great i can't thing. believe you said that brent <laughs> you've got to stop putting your foot in your mouth that's actually uh kind there, of there is a point where i do slightly put my foot in my mouth but <laughs> but nate was very good about it uh, i'll play the interview well maybe maybe not it's we'll hear it next week yeah. yep um but uh, yeah, thanks to Nate Milton for coming on. Uh, thanks, he Nate. Has, uh, he has agreed to uh, also join us for Infinity War when uh, we do that big review. Because I have a feeling that's going to we're we're going to have to do that as a standalone. Because if for nothing, if for nothing else, it's like it's the culmination of ten years of Marvel movies. Yeah, and uh-huh. I think we should kind of sort of flow into it with. Like or the conversation will probably flow into it of talking about all the rest of the movies in connection with that one. So, which uh, brings us to um, geek picks. Woo, Kevin, do you want to start? Well, I'm going to stick with the theme a little bit, just a little bit, and uh, talk about another property that I have been enjoying quite a lot recently. That shows the breadth of what a superhero franchise can do. I have been loving Black Lightning. Um, we get Black Lightning on Netflix here. Yep. Uh, we're a week behind the U.S., uh, so I just watched episode five today. Um, and it is a really powerful show. Uh, it's, it's, it's weird to use for me to use the word adult when it comes to these films, but considering it's made by the same production company that does Flash and Supergirl and Arrow and legends it it feels more adult right this is a guy who's older than all those characters he's my age he was the teenage or not teenage he he was was the young young 20 something heroes that gave it up he gave it up he he's retired for nine years his city has gone to the crapper because a gang has taken over and the same gang he was fighting yep nine years ago and uh they've started to threaten his way of life and his family, and so he's back. Uh, so it's a really interesting take on a guy who's sort of reluctant, although he really loves being Black Lightning again. He's got uh, he's got a family, uh, uh, two daughters. One is sixteen, and one is like twenty three. I think. Well, and she's old enough to have gotten a doctorate, didn't yeah, she? Yeah. So, so um, uh, and interesting things are happening with these daughters as well, uh, which which. Uh, so it's there's sort of a generational aspect to this show. It's a more urban show because um, most of the most of the cast is uh, African American. It's got this sort of I love the um, the sort of hip hop theme that every time he suits up, you hear this. I'm not even going to attempt to sing this hip hop theme, <laughs> but it says Black Lightning's back. And, yeah, uh, it's really cool. It's a it's a stylish show. It. Another thing that sets it apart from the rest of the shows in its 
in its sort of pedigree, the um, Berlanti shows is it's it again is filmed in Atlanta, not Vancouver. Mm. So um, it's well, is this season? Uh, what is it? Is it supposed to be moving to Vancouver? No, but uh, Supergirl, Supergirl did. did. It was filmed in Los Angeles yeah, and then moved. But Los Angeles. Los Angeles doesn't give this kinds of credits that yeah. Georgia does. So yeah. I don't think it's going anywhere. I I can't I can't figure out if there's a good way to bring Black Lightning into the whole uh, multiverse with, multiverse with the rest multiverse, of them. Multiverse. I how. like that he's on his own here. Uh, I like the plot line that got set up this week. I know Ryan, you haven't seen this week's episode yet. So no, I'm, I've it. only I've only watched like the first first and half of the second episode. Uh, I haven't just I gave up on watching it live. And decided to just wait and watch them on Netflix, and I just haven't gotten around to, to, to binging well, them yet. Well, there's a new storyline that's been brought in that involves Jefferson's father. Oh, nice. Ooh. Okay. So, yeah. So there's a whole generational thing going on here. And Anissa, the oldest daughter, is investigating. I did hear, I read something that he wore a costume that was almost looked like it was pulled right out of the Outsiders comic. Who? Um, Black Lightning. Oh, like uh, like the the when he was first created, kind of the the jumpsuit with the. the I don't know. Uh, I didn't I see it. I just think there's an episode where Anissa meets um, the woman who's going to become her girlfriend, Grace, who is a character from the Outsiders comics, the sort of late '90s or Jeff John was there a Jeff Johns run of Outsiders. Right, when there, no there was a time around, I, mean, I guess it was around '06, where Titans and Outsiders were sort of complimentary books Teen Titans and Outsiders yeah and they sort of um, and so there's a character named Grace who in the comics was an Amazon who left Themyscira and became a bartender and uh, she ended up on the Outsiders uh, she's been introduced on the show hmm. And in her back pocket, when Anissa meets her, she's got a folded up Outsiders comic. So there's an Outsiders comic in a show about a character who was in the Outsiders in the comics. Yeah. <laughs> that's so, a yeah. roundabout. But anyway, um, I do recommend Black Lightning in Canada. It, it, uh, the new episodes drop on Netflix on Mondays. Okay. Ryan. Jen. Oh, Ryan doesn't have one yet? No, I can't think of anything either. Okay, I have a really weird geek pick. Oh. Of course, Squirrel Girl. Uh-huh. Um, How many issues are we into Squirrel Girl at this point? I don't know. I don't look at the numbers. I just go, ooh, Squirrel Girl, and I read it. I have no idea. Um, so my weird geek, geek pick is uh, pictures of the planet Jupiter. Ooh, <laughs> okay. I saw so some of those. Juno, uh, NASA sent Juno, um, and if you're a mythology nut, you think this is absolutely hilarious that they send Juno to spy on Jupiter. Um, <laughs> oh, not a Canadian Music Award? No. So, yeah. In Greek mythology, or in Roman mythology, I suppose, since it's Roman names, but in Greek mythology, too, uh, Jupiter, Zeus, is a uh, womanizer to the extreme, and his unfortunate <laughs> wife slash sister is Hera, or Juno, um, and she is the goddess of matrimony and marriage, and has a hell of a time keeping tabs on her husband and punishing the women that he sleeps with. And it's all sorts of fun mayhem. But anyway, I think it's hilarious that NASA sent NASA sent um, a probe to spy on Jupiter and named it after his wife. <laughs> Juno. Anyway, that's not my the reason for my geek pick. Um, the, the probe Juno, or the satellite, or whatever it's called, I don't really follow space too much, sent back absolutely gorgeous pictures of uh, Jupiter uh, to the point where, in my mind, it looks like Van Gogh painted the planet. Well, it's because it's all fake. 
yeah, right. It's all done in CGI. Well, because the world's flat, and we (laughs) we're hiding. We never went to space. So if you go to, um, if you just Google uh, NASA pictures of Jupiter, or if you go to solarsystem.nasa.gov. Uh, there's a gallery of Jupiter, and I think it's... Um, if you go to nasa.gov slash uh, Juno. There you go. Um, it's the southern hemisphere. These beautiful blues and Pretty. coppers and the swirls of the clouds. Like, I've made this my background picture on my computer at work. It's like a Van Gogh painting. Exactly. It looks like Van Gogh painted the planet. So this is now my background on my because tablet, the alien. background on my computer at work. The pictures are stunning. So that's my geek pick is Van go Gogh and look at some of these beautiful pictures and be more educated Mars. about the solar system Jupiter. than me. But he went to Mars and painted pictures of Jupiter. Okay. Brian, you're Brian. Oh, shit. I'm <laughs> trying to stall. Um, I did stall I for a while. Did you see these pictures? Look. I was looking at them on, on Kevin's phone as he was going through oh, them. No, so they great. are beautiful. Now, I like your desktop idea because I've been looking for something to switch. So I've got a two two monitors, so I have it so that it's the whole planet. Oh, nice. Across two monitors. My I, desktop. I had to Google how to do that. <laughs> my desktop right now, I think, is a picture of, um, oh, what is it? It's Star Wars related. It's either the one where somebody took the picture of like San Francisco, and you see like the the golden you know the the bridge and stuff, and then there's like a star uh, a star destroyer coming in mm. through the clouds, and so it looks like real. It's either that or some like desert one. I think I don't remember. I stare at my desktop all the time, and it <laughs> just blends in right now. Yeah, I think you should make this your geek pick that you posted on Facebook. Actually, that's a great that's a great idea because I did want to talk about. Okay, that will be my geek pick. It's a story that I found and heard about. I heard about it over the weekend and saw proof of it today. And I'll send the link and share it on our page. Two kids. Oh yeah. yeah. (laughs) Tried to get into Black Panther buying one ticket, doing the old. Two kids in a trench coat gag. <laughs> and the photo of it, it's like, well, come on, it's guys. It's exactly how <laughs> you would picture like, it. It's like, it doesn't look like it's two kids to me. It looks like it's two teenagers. Because the guy's like, if you look at the photo. He's like eight feet tall. <laughs> no, more, more than, I'd say more than that. Like, if you look at that photo, I'd say he's like 10 feet tall. <laughs> yeah. It's like, dude's got a growth hormone imbalance or something if yeah, you think he's a real person. Funny. But I literally, if I, if I saw those kids doing that. And then get I would have let them in. I'd, I'd, if I was in <laughs> like, line, you got balls, kid. <laughs> I, I'd be buying their ticket for them. I don't care. I'd be like, okay, come on in. Okay. Okay, but if I had to pick a real geek pick, um, so I've, I've I've picked it before and I'll pick it again. Invincible, Which the is final just ended. final issue just came out last week. Uh, so now it's out there. All the single issues. The tr- final, the last trade's not out yet. So that may end up being a geek pick of mine once again when mm-hmm. it finally comes out. But so the comic's done. It ends up, it wraps up nicely. Like it's getting oversized. It was an oversized issue and it was a lot of time jumps. So you get to see like their kids age mm-hmm. and kind of grow into their role and what they do when they leave Earth and everything like this. Um, and then there was a quote or a little story because this was, you know, the ending <coughs> talking with Seth Rogen and his, uh, his partner that, Producers. They have the rights. They've to got it, the right? film, the the film rights that they're working on doing a film, and uh, it's going to maybe it's going to have to be modified, but not 
enough to change it from being what it is. But uh, so I'm looking forward to that finally getting done. But uh, yeah, so that last pick, uh, last issue, I believe it was 144 of Invincible. uh, So that's yeah, Invincible comic. Get out, read it, find the trades. That's my pick again. Okay, so I'm gonna cheat a little bit, but with for a good cause. <gasps> uh, my first geek pick is uh, our uh, our guest this week, Nate Milton, his podcasts. So uh, just in case you didn't catch it before, uh, Nate hosts a uh, a, po- a sports podcast called uh, Kings of Sport, and he also hosts uh, what is one of my favorite wrestling podcasts, Keep It Two Thousand, where he and uh, Brian Mann, who is a former WWE writer. Review WCW of the year 2000, which is possibly the worst era of professional wrestling in WCW. It involved uh, stuff like the Viagra on a pole match. Mm. Uh, Yeah, there is uh, one match where uh, I believe Terry Funk beats up somebody with a chicken, a raw chicken on his fist. It's it is an awful, awful era of pro wrestling. And Nate and Brian put themselves through the ringer every week having to watch this garbage and make it fun and interesting. So that would be uh, my picks for for that. And uh, beyond that, um, I'm going to go with Black Panther, but I'm going to go with uh, something a little different. The score to Black Panther, which while I was watching the movie, I thought it was really good. And then uh, this morning while I was working, I put it on off of Spotify and man, that's a fantastic score. It's Ooh. it's a little different um, than other Marvel scores, which is what helps that movie stand out. A little and it bit should more. be, yeah. Um, the composer of it is a guy named Ludwig Göransson. Oh, yeah, and he's from Sweden, apparently. Um, he's also worked on. Uh, surprise, surprise! He wor- he did the score to Creed. So, uh, oh, so yeah, that's why Coogler brought him in. Um and uh, he's done a, a couple other scores, but I I would say this is probably the biggest movie that he has done. He also did music for Community too, apparently. <laughs> but the score is really good. the The soundtrack's pretty solid too for those who like hip hop. I'm not a huge hip hop guy, but there's one song on the the uh, soundtrack called uh, "Stars Are All the Stars." It's the the song that the plays uh, during the credits at the end of the movie. That is just fantastic. Like that's I'm sure that's going to be a pop hit this year because it's Kendrick Lamar and some woman whose name I don't know, and it's just like it's really catchy. Like the it's really kind of cool. So that, oh wait one thing oh, yeah, sorry yeah, one yeah. more little thing too oh lord <laughs> uh, for other Star Wars Rebels fans like myself who sat down this past Monday on Family Day to sit down and watch the premiere of the second half of the final season and were very disappointed to find out uh, uh, Disney XD Canada was not airing it. Uh, Good news. When you listen to this on Monday the 26th, which is when this should probably be coming out, that night at 9 o'clock and 9.30, those episodes are going to be airing. Apparently, we will be a week behind our friends in the United States. 
And my little bit of news is I've been asked to be a guest on my friend Rachel's oh, yes, podcast, yes, yes, yes. The Five-ish Fangirls. Uh, so um, I will be appearing, I will be recording that episode on the day that this comes out, which is Monday, February 26th. So I should be on the episode that comes out after that. We'll, we'll post that up, a uh, link to it up. Yeah, there. Oh, for we'll sure. do a little cross-promotion there. And with the uh, all the convention season and the spring and summer coming upon us, if you have events that you would like us to appear at or to promote... Then yeah, drop us a line, email us, co- talk to us, uh, contact us through our Facebook page or our group page or our Instagram or our email, email or uh, walk up to us on the street and be like, hey, I recognize you. We're Your hoping friend. to be at uh, Toronto Comic Con. Uh, I know I'm going to be there at any rate, but mm-hmm. we're we're working on oh, getting yeah, us I there. I'm going no matter what. Yeah, so it's uh, we're... We're trying to go in an official capacity, but if not, we might just buy tickets and go. Yep. So, um, because there's a, a lot of cool people have been signed up for that. Mm-hmm. Um, what, I'd like to go to Niagara this year, but I, I've i got another thing yeah, going on. We're, we're, Jen Brent, and I will Brent be attending, I will be in Niagara but that's sure. going to be a fun weekend, I think. I don't know if I'm going to be working too much that, unless... I will put the caveat. If I can get an interview with Jim Steranko, mm-hmm. I'm getting that interview. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because I, I, I want to know so much. Yep. And mainly how he keeps his hair so awesome at such an old age. At this point. <laughs> Have you? It's perfect. Yeah. It's like, the, it, like it is absolutely stunning. <laughs> Anyways. Anywho, with that. That. Uh, that is the end of True North Nerds. Yep, uh, done. You can uh, find us at all the usual places. And we will be back in two weeks with another episode. And we have no idea what we're doing for that episode. We'll come but, up with something. And the, oh, wait. Wait, wait, wait. Uh-oh. Oh, good. Ryan. <laughs> we already started the ending. You can't leave. What? I've got a bag of goodies. Oh. Uh-oh. For us? Yes. Yay, goodies. I've got... One oh. for you, oh. and one for you. Oh. Visual jokes on an audio podcast. There will be, a, we'll put a photo on the uh, Facebook page. Those I already awesome. posted two things on Instagram during this podcast, but I will post this as well. They are crocheted porgs, porgs. that my aunt crocheted, which the oh. same one I, put, I shared pictures of before. Uh, so she gave me a few more. And um, you, I aunt. do have an extra for an upcoming giveaway. Ooh, nice. so yeah, so maybe that that might be a library comic con giveaway. Oh yeah, library comic con. Well, will be before be, that, uh, officially announced soon, but unofficially, it's September the twenty second. Yep. Excellent. Yes. So for Kevin, Ryan, and Jen, I am Brent, and, and our two new porgs, and our two new porgs. Stay tuned for the next episode within two weeks. Mine's called Bjorn Porg. <laughs> <laughs> Set your phasers to sexy. You've been listening to the True North Nerds, recorded at the Utility Cupcake Research Kitchen. Reach the nerds on Twitter at True North Nerds, on Facebook under, surprise, True North Nerds. And you can reach them by email at truenorthnerds at gmail.com. If you like the opening theme song, it's called Set Your Phasers to Sexy by Kirby Crackle. From the album Sounds Like You, please go to curvycracklemusic.com or look them up on iTunes and buy everything that they have made. You won't regret it. So set your phasers to sexy.